everybody, and welcome to the MinMax Show, a place about games, friends, getting better. Thank you for being here. I'm Ben Hansen, and I'm not alone. Thank God, otherwise this would be very boring. I'm joined by Kyle Hilliard. What's up? Kyle, do you think we could get away? <laughs> we could squeeze this one by the community. If we just released a new episode of the MinMax Show, and it was just me for two hours talking to the microphone, like... Would we get new <laughs> iTunes reviews of people being like unlistenable? No. Okay. It might happen someday. There might be some emergency where no one shows up. <laughs> Nobody's available. Zero friends of the so, show. Uh, at that point, we would just call in the community, I think, like the Min Max Council tier. Like, come on yeah, in, so. crew. Uh, we're also joined by Sarah. Be, oh. uh, it would be a solo bolo, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah, which everybody knows has two people. Uh, you could talk about Jurassic Park. <laughs> You that can talk all nice. you want about Jurassic Or uh, what's that game that you keep playing? That Age of Empires? Age of Empires! The game that I keep playing that's on the back <laughs> of the box is... Ah, uh, yeah, Sarah Pajorsi's here and Jenna Garcia is here. Welcome to Whoa. you two as well. Yo! Yo! I mean, Janet, you do like a solo podcast on the regular, right? Yeah, I was, but it was it was really short. It was like 30, mi- 30 minutes or under, and it was just the news. And I'm like, here's like one thought next story so it was pretty quick yeah i guess if you got something to work off there and i guess like midnight's council or patreon exclusive podcast sometimes i do those by myself but we're going to be hopefully shaking that up soon we'll be talking more about that in the near future for folks so you can check that out in the patreon exclusive podcast feed i mean do you want us to go anson (laughs) no no the point is i'm thankful that everybody's here because we've got a lot of good stuff to talk about we're talking about our most anticipated games of 2022 now kyle don't be confused if you were to say Google around and find last year's episode of the most anticipated games of 2021, don't be confused when we use the exact same thumbnail again. But these are all for 2022's big games, so please look forward to that. Uh, then back after the show, we have a bunch of really wonderful questions and comments submitted by the community. They really knocked it out of the park this time by submitting it over on Patreon, so thank you to everybody there. Um, hey, like, sent the prophet over here. He submitted a question saying, hey, man, Max Crew, if you had to guess... From the following quote-unquote blockbusters of 2022, which one is most likely to pull a Cyberpunk 2077? And they say, assume no yeah. delays will happen. Be secretly good, even though everyone kind of like complains about that's, it. I think that's exactly what we're going for for Cyberpunk. Uh, he says, assume no delays will happen for the sake of discussion. So it's no like, well, it's probably not coming this year, so when they probably release it eventually, it'll be good. So out of these, which is the most cyberpunkable? Um, which one's going to punk society the way that that last game did uh dying light 2 horizon forbidden west elden ring saints row for spoken or starfield saints row mm, is that just so, code for broken in your mind it, i just don't i hesitate to see a world where that game is like very good though it's interesting like the cyberpunk analogy it's like does it need to be a certain level of hype because if so i don't i don't personally think anyone is like saints rose gonna revolutionize the game like people talked about cyberpunk before it came out like it was gonna be the second coming of christ they're right. like no you don't understand because you weren't you didn't you didn't play what i played with the witcher and i'm like i, I mean have you played that today because it's kind of clunkers but oh. you know oh, like Janet. there was a lot of expectation so i don't think i don't think saints row has like the hype right level for it but i think it it does have the potential to disappoint. What about... I what think it, with, with GTA getting dragged too, I feel like it's it's time to drag New Saints Row. I'm cautiously optimistic about the New Saints Row. I feel like the core of this question is kind of like, which is the most likely... Would the, 
for an apology issued. Like Twitter blast, screen cap, we'll say yellow background, we're sorry for the state this game launched in. Honestly, out of these, if it's actually launching on 11.11.22, which they say, I think Starfield might be my choice for just like that hype factor, which I think is a thing here. And I, I would gamble that it's getting delayed. Um, but if it launches based on the reputation, I, I think that's in the running. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think you can't count Forspoken out either True. there, um, which is, which is, we'll, we'll get to it, but it's, it's on my, spoiler Ooh. alert, it's on my list of anticipated, but uh, it has, it has the potential to, you know, there's a lot of unknowables with that game where it could come out and be underwhelming in, in ways that disappoint and frustrate people, but I don't, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's kind of, um, I guess it's a good sign for the industry that I feel like, oh, well, I think publishers have kind of learned a lesson from Cyberpunk 2077. I don't think they would release any of these games, especially like a first party thing like Starfield is at this point. Microsoft would not take that hit. They did a great job delaying Halo Infinite for the sake of the game. Um, I feel like they would not release Starfield if it was as much of a disaster or anywhere near the disaster that Cyberpunk was. But then again, like Battlefield 2042, the GTA remasters, like there's still big publishers just blowing it and releasing these games before they're ready. So eh, not impossible. Uh, Sarah, did you have a hot pick? Not really. I would no. also lean maybe Saints Row. I would say Horizon Forbidden West, but because they already delayed it, it gives me hope that yeah. they've delayed it in terms to like work on it a little bit more. Because they delayed it by a significant amount instead of just like pushing it out a month, a month, a month, a month. So, yeah. I don't know. I, that kind of gives me more faith in Horizon. Um, yeah, and it's yeah, a team it's that can say. they can really hit a date. I mean, we talked about yeah. it not too long ago, but the idea that they launched Kills on Shadowfall with the launch of the PlayStation 4 and then turned around Horizon Zero Dawn in four years, just the blink of an eye for a new IP and stuff. So it seems like that team has got production on lock. So I'd imagine that would continue. But uh, okay. Also, ex- expectations with sequels, you know, we kind of know what we're getting with that. Or well, that was the thing about Cyberpunk is like we were kind of weren't sure what to expect ultimately right right uh all right top five games we can go around the horn and uh we all know how the system works uh you go around the horn and if somebody else is talking about the game that's somewhere on your list you jump in then and have that conversation then and then later on you can be like by the way that was my number two winky winky all that fun stuff um kyle where should we start who's number five should we start with uh i um, uh, sarah I don't know. Mine is Sonic Frontiers. Sonic Frontiers. My hopes are high because I just want a chow garden again. Yeah. And I'm like, in the trailer, there were trees and water. <laughs> and the chow garden also had trees and water. And I think this is the closest. I'm clinging to this. I'm clinging to this thin thread of hope. You need it. Have you, you watched any trailers for Horizon Zero Dawn? There's water and trees in that one too. And there's but cute were there chows in, in it? Were there little chows? Janet, you just played it. There's something I, I close to a chow, right? No. There's gotta be some I actually think thing. that was <laughs> that was one thing I really wanted in the game. Like you have all these like machine animals or whatever you want to call them, and I'm like, and you can, you know, like ride some of them and stuff, and you can over over like, you know, take them and stuff. And I'm like, I want just to have like killing them's fine. You know, I can get my my material and craft. But I'm like, I just want like a machine farm. Like I, I want, want a machine animal them. farm, Ooh, and yeah. my boyfriend's like, "Why does every game have to be Animal Crossing?" And I'm like, "They don't. It doesn't have to be, but you're missing an opportunity by not having." So farming is the ultimate way to farm for materials. There's no. It's it is the end all <laughs> be all. It's the beginning and the end. 
Yeah. Just make a farm. Here's here's a, a weird hypothetical for you, Sarah. Would you be more excited about Sonic Frontiers or just a dedicated mobile-only Sonic game that's all about raising chows? I'm not. I would, at this point... I would accept either, but I would prefer the console version of the Chow Garden and okay. not the pay-to-play, pay free-to-play mobile option of it. Uh-huh. But at this point, I'm so desperate. The well is dry. <laughs> I need I need anything. You can just go back to your beautiful Sonic Adventure Battle 2. That's the game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sonic Frontiers. Uh, are they going to pull it off? Are they going to do this? Is this going to be know. decent? I, I, I really I'm optimistic. optimistic. Why, Kyle? Because that's the point where we're at in the Sonic hype train. Like, okay. Like there's a there's a point. It goes up and down and up and down, and we're on the up point. And we're not mm-hmm, ready mm-hmm. to enter the down point yet. That that's happens after release. So, so we all just I'm need gonna, to kind of play our role. We're we're in the Truman Show, and we need to just humor Sonic and the overall internet by being like, "Hey, this <laughs> yeah, one might be call good." It, right? Yeah, we go with Sonic I mean, Breath but, of the Wild. Like that's what we call it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, really, though, genuinely, honestly, Please, like, honest. it is, it's a lot of fun to run very fast in video games. And the idea of, like, being able to do it in a large... I've played plenty of games where I've explored large open areas yeah. at a reasonable pace, and they've been a lot of fun. But I really like the idea of running very fast in a big open world. I think the last time I can think... I feel like that I really, truly did it was maybe Saints Row 4? Was well, when you could enter, like, you would just didn't even use cars at a certain point in that game because you could just sprint everywhere faster than you could drive a car. Yeah, but what, about, like, your, uh, what about your beloved game, Solar Ash? I mean, that's basically that, that, right? Yeah, but Solar Ash isn't really open world. And sure. I love Solar Ash for that reason, like, it, because it's, like, these big open areas that you can move through very quickly. I think uh, Marcus Stewart, over a friend of the show, over at Game Informer, wrote a piece about, like, Hey, Sonic can look at Solar Ash as like an example of how Sonic could be done cool in like a big open world. And I think he's right. And maybe Sonic Frontiers is that. We'll see. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to live here in the optimistic zone. Okay. Got a great soundtrack. Dude, it's great. All right, Kyle. Wow us with your number five. Really blow us away, dude. Uh, Elden Ring. Wow. Maybe low for compared to the average gamer person but um i'm not like the i think like a majority of gamers already have tattoos that just say elden ring 10 (laughs) out of 10 so compared to the average gamer i would say yeah a little low kyle yeah i i mean i i played the beta and i really liked it and i like from software games but i'm not like head over heels for from software games really it it, usually a, a from game comes out and i play it for like six or seven hours and that's the point where i'm like okay i'm like i'm really into this and i'm excited about it now like i have to play it for a bit first and i have already done like half of that with the beta so but yeah i i'm i'm excited like i really liked what i saw of the beta it feels like dark souls combined with an open world uh in an interesting way i'm excited to see a from software open world i think it's gonna be cool yeah maybe this is naive to say but i i I think we might be underplaying how cool the exploration will be in that open world with Elden Ring. I think there's going to be a lot of yeah. people, there's going to be a lot of think pieces about like, I like Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring is the next best thing when it comes to exploration. Like, I think they've learned a lot of lessons from that and they've always wanted to make an open world. Like the idea of that team finally ripping off the band-aid and just embracing exploration in a whole big way. But there's going to be a lot of really fun, weird secrets here. Yeah, I mean, From is really good at hiding valuable items 
in your game in the game rather so yeah. like you can like roll off a ledge and land somewhere and find something really super useful right and it, it's really fun to do that and they also have an amazing monster design and so it's cool to like turn the corner and see a crazy monster and so if you take those two elements and put them in an open world like you're on to something really exciting like i think i will be able to find really useful items that not a lot of people are going to find because everyone's just going to find stuff on their own. I don't, I don't know. It has the, it has a lot of potential more so than just like, Ooh, well, let's take this thing. I like, and this thing I like I c- and combine it. I think from software's formula could fit really well in open world. It's, it, it's potentially very exciting. Janet, uh, the Nostradamus of gaming, as we call you. You're doing great. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> if you had to genuinely predict, uh, let's say PlayStation 5 version of Elden Ring, give me that Metacritic score. Oh, my God. It's something insane at 92? 92. Yeah. I think that's a good call. I could see that. I think, yeah. it's I think like, it'll be high. I think it'll be... I'd be a little surprised if it's not in the 90s. I think I think we could see a 95er here. This seems like a big one. I am bracing. <laughs> and please, everybody, get this. We clip. got a fiver on our hands. Yeah, like everybody, send me this clip in the future. Like I'm expecting an avalanche of people outraged that it is not Min Max's game of the year for 2022. But maybe it will be. Like I think it's going to be just a by and large such a celebrated game. But just as an outlet, we're not as red hot overall on from software which i understand is sacrilegious and we'll have I'm, people i'm gonna on. have to become a different player to be able to put that on my game of the year i think but yep. who, who's to say what happens this year i don't know there it is who's to say uh janet tell us what will happen this year with your number five though please uh kirby kirby's wow. here kirby's ready for action yeah i actually don't have spoilers for my list i don't have elden ring on there just because i am looking forward to it as like a cultural moment. And I think it'll be interesting to be there from the ground up, like Kyle saying and the secrets and everyone's going to be doing the deep dive videos and like the content's going to be wild. Mm -hmm. But I just, I struggle to imagine that being a game that I really fall in love with just because of the type of games that I like. Sure. So that's why it's not in my, my personal most anticipated, but I do love Kirby. Um, I'll frankly, I was not a big fan of star allies. I thought it was very boring, but I think this one looks way different. I think Kirby at his best is, a really fun time and they just dropped a new trailer today that yeah. kind of shows off the world and the action and I think I think too Kirby's really fun when the abilities get creative and interesting like Kirby Planet Robobot is one of the most like heralded Kirby games because like being in the mech suit was just so different and quirky and interesting so uh, I'm excited for this one I think it could be really fun um, I do think there's a, a bit of a ceiling for how good a Kirby game can totally be. Totally with you. But I think it's going to be right at that ceiling. Like, I don't think it's ever, like, <laughs> you're talking about Metacritic. Like, it's a good way I struggle to imagine really, yeah. a 90 for Kirby, but I think it's going to be, like, a strong in the eights. Like, I totally. think it's going to be a, a really fun, magical moment with, like, me. It's me. It's Waddle D. Like, we're just hanging out. It's exploring. It's going to be fun. Look at me. I'm yeah, Waddle I, D. It's funny. Kirby, Kirby is like you. I've I've played so many Kirby's, and every time I beat, it, I'm like, yeah, that was a good Kirby game. And what was the you said Star Allies? Right. Yeah. Right. I did not I, like Star Allies. I was think awesome. I played and beat that one. Was that one on the Switch one? It was on. I played it on the Wii U, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't okay on the. The oh, fact shoot, that I'm just like I'm just. The point I'm making is I'm not even sure. I definitely played and beat a Kirby on Switch, and like I barely <laughs> remember any. It was, any a, it was I don't the multiplayer it was one. Like that was the okay, big the, the big angle was like you could have more people, and then even if you didn't have multiplayer, you had like your star allies. But the, the my beef there is it was like the game really could straight up play itself, which I'm you know I don't go to Kirby <laughs> Kirby versus Elden Ring. I don't go to Kirby for a grueling time, but I just felt a little bit removed. Like it was very pretty looking, but it just didn't. 
it, it didn't really land for me, but I do know people that really liked that game. I just wasn't one of them. Yeah, and I think we can all agree that the best Kirby game was Kirby Air Ride um, for the Nintendo GameCube, and that no oh, other Kirby that, game... Uh, Sarah, I'm sorry, you, you said it wrong. It's actually called Triple Deluxe. Oh, I, I, I don't think so. I actually think I, I think it's called Kirby Air Ride City Trial. City Trial. Uh, the best That's the one where you could, like, you could literally inhale like the whole level. Triple Deluxe was the best one. No, Sarah... I, I don't know. I want to. I want to give Kirby's Air Ride more of a shake. I played it a little bit back in the day, but like, I think with Sakurai rising to the ranks with Smash, and I feel like Sakurai is the most beloved developer in the industry right now. If I may go out on a limb, I can't think of who would top him. Um, And the fact that like, oh, that was an important game for him. I feel like I need to do my Sakurai diligence and go back and play Kirby Air Ride for the GameCube because you specifically have to play Kirby Air Ride City Trial which was the best part of the Kirby era. There was like racing, top-down racing, and then there was City Trial, which was like a Battle Royale version before Battle Royales were a thing. It invented it, yeah. Um, so, Okay, there. we'll check it out. Get to it. All right, uh, Janet, I'm totally with you with uh, the new Kirby uh, and the Forgotten Lands. I feel like people were a little bit too hyped from that first trailer of being like, oh, it's like Kirby, open world, Breath of the Wild, look at this exploration, look at that ruined city. It's like, it's... I think it's going to be the most solid eight of the year, but we'll all have a fine time playing the new Kirby game on Switch, right? Yeah, the Kirby Forgotten Land is actually my number two. Ooh! Because there's something about, like, Kirby and a dystopian future where humans are all dead and you kind of have, like, a near sort of with the, you know, decrepit apartments. Mm. And from the new trailer, it looks like you're rebuilding and, like, you're employing the Waddle Dees. Like, you're kind of, like populating it i don't know i just want to know what the story is where like the humans just died out yeah and now kirby's here i think we all like the game where we dance on our graves yeah to repopulate the earth i think is kirby's ultimate goal yeah we get it do you think it's the same planet as pikmin is like pikmin happening on a smaller scale in the distance while kirby is rebuilding society i hope so i think so kyle this is the nintendo cinematic universe kyle do you remember um (laughs) did you watch a lot of news radio back in the day kyle no not really uh, there's an episode where it's just like a parody of Titanic and then at the end it's um, Phil Hartman and Andy Dick on like the door floating in the ocean and Andy Dick's character asks like so do we have to like repopulate the earth together now it's like this weird moment like what are you even talking about what a weird question to ask after the Titanic anyways uh, oh number five for me is a, a little indie game coming out in the holiday of 2022 um, called Sea of Stars. If you recall, this is the new game from the developers of The Messenger, Sabotage Studio are their names. Um, and it's retro RPG, I guess is the best way to put it. And tell me if I'm insane, Kyle. Do you also have this feeling of looking at it? It's like, it feels like a retro throwback GBA jrpg more than a super nintendo jrpg but there's like a fine line there and i don't know what it, if it's just like well if it feels more like golden sun than lufia 2 then it feels like a gba throwback yeah. thing. but there's something about it that feels is so it, gba it, i see what you're saying and it is that really hard thing to put your finger on but yeah. i will say that like personally i am more of a gba jrpg gba jrpg guy than an SNES jrpg guy in a weird way yeah yeah i'm very excited about it um there's this is going off their site kyle they have traversal like they're emphasizing traversal so there's climbing and swimming and all that fun stuff uh there's no random encounters and kind of like the you know 
uh, Paper Mario series, there's like timed attacks for the combat and stuff for defense and attacks, which I'm a fan of in old turn-based JRPGs. Um, so I'm looking forward to this one. Seeing like a world map in a new JRPG uh, will always make me happy. So Sea of Stars. They say holiday 2022. Fingers crossed that it actually happens. Sarah, number four. Hit us with just a knockout. My number four is Trek to Yomi, which we saw at E3, which was the Kurosawa-inspired samurai game from Devolver. Right. It was that, like, black-and-white samurai game, which kind of looked like a 2D fighting game, but it was very, like, cinematic and very much called back to, like, the really old samurai films. Yeah, I forgot about that one. I really want to see more of it because it just looks so beautiful, and it looks like it really did justice to, you know, the older samurai movies that were really popular and i'm excited for it yeah i think it's gonna have like a weird runoff effect of everybody loving ghost of tsushima so much and being hungry for more samurai stuff and then hey here's a game that playstation is doing a good job promoting and hey it's black and white just like the kurosawa mode from ghost of tsushima but it looks awesome god i forgot about that is it 2d i'm like pulling up the trailer now it's like it looks like like the gameplay is 2d kind of how like the movies were shot so yeah. it does look cool. Ha. Huh. Yeah. yeah, it seems it's like they actually put their money where their mouth is when they said it was like a samurai film instead of just being like, you're a samurai and it's black and white. Right, right. Yeah, that seems cool. Uh have they said 2022 for that one? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh all That's right. Steam says. Kyle, what do you got? Number four. Number four. Um God of War Ragnarok. Hell is yeah. My number four. Love which, it. Which uh yeah, God of War, was it 2017 now? It's like where you have to put it in the parenthetical. 2018. So that, no, that, 2018. <laughs> Thank okay, you, So Jenna. we know that I'm not talking about the original, <laughs> though I love the original right. as well. Yeah, I. it's in terms of like a video game story that I want to see what happens next, I'm hard-pressed to think of anything other than seeing God of War. I'm I'd totally like, with you. You know, there's there'll be more Halo story. There'll be more Horizon Zero Dawn story. But like in terms of just like leaving me absolutely wanting more Nothing beats 2018 God of War. I yeah. will say I I I go in with like a, a little bit of pessimism in that like I don't think the sequel will like quite live up to how much I loved the first one. But that's more of a compliment to the first one than really saying anything negative about the sequel. Yeah, I, I'm right. so excited for the story in this one as well. And I think a big part of that is that idea that they're pitching it as like, it's a duology. This is going to be the end to the Scandinavian saga, which I guess we could imagine with a name like Ragnarok, but just knowing that it's going to be climactic and this is them going to be taking every shot they have in this entire pantheon, like that seems so cool just to wrap it all up in one I go. Don't, do, you, do you put any weight in that though? I yeah, don't know. Sure. That just means nothing to me. Why? I don't, I mean, they, I feel like I hear that all the time of like, this is the end. It's like, okay, yeah, we'll see. All right. I mean, I think it's going to take them forever. They're probably <laughs> going to Egypt next. I mean, that was like the choice for this one is to choose between Scandinavian mythology and Egyptian mythology and so if they stay with it and they go for Egypt next, like, I feel like that's going to be a it's going to coincide with kind of like a larger larger tech overhaul and maybe gameplay overhaul. So it'll probably be years before that comes out. Who knows? It might even be, you know, PlayStation 6 at that point before we see the next big God of War. But um, hmm. there's definitely that backlash in that last trailer when people saw gameplay finally and they're like, eh, it kind of just looks like God of War. And I think, I think it's going to be dinged a little bit for that of being pretty similar to the last one. But even if it is, and it's just a continuation of that story, one new weapon in there, something like that, I am going to be gaga over this thing. I'm so excited to soak in that world again. Yeah. No, I could see them doing something reaction, like... But. Yeah. 
I could see them doing something kind of crazy narratively. I don't know what that would be, but I feel like if we're thinking of Sony's um, storytelling energy, even though there's obviously different, um, you know, studios within PlayStation, um, I feel like they're people don't seem afraid to tell the story they want to tell. I'm curious as to what story they're going to tell and how the audience will receive that story. Because I can see them zagging in a way that people were like, I really didn't like it or I really did like this. I do think mechanically it will be more or less the same with like, you know, maybe one cool little surprise here and there. But I think I think it's going to be a well-received game, but it's really going to live or and die on how people receive what they end up going for. And I'm very I, curious as to what they're going to do. Yeah, I could definitely see people being outraged about like, that's not what I had in mind for Atreus' story. Like there's absolutely going to be people, if it's the end of this saga, that are going to be upset about the direction they chose because they've had a lot of time fans have to like, like build up what they think is going to happen and there's been a like lot actually of, you play the mirror's head and it's just like it's a visual novel now and it's like whoa this is bold i didn't just see that coming yeah i just feel like there's so many amazing fan theories with the ending of the last game that even in some of the trailers it's like mm, okay they're not going the direction that fans were hoping for or some of the wildest theories with think because i guess it's not a spoiler here but the idea of like tear the uh scandinavian god of war is in this game he's in that last trailer right where so many people thought like oh it'd be so cool if kratos is actually tear the whole time and some of those fun twists and turns and stuff um do we think kyle prediction mm-hmm. right now will you get to use mjolnir thor's big hammer um yeah that'll yeah, be a weapon so. you get yeah, my pause was that like his axe that he has is, is mecha- video game mechanically like the same thing. Like right. what differentiates the axe from the hammer, really? And I guess but one just, goes cut, one goes I mean, smooth. Like I don't know. Yeah, That's true. <laughs> he's had he's had a uh, big hammers in previous God of Wars that felt different and were like you know big did a lot of damage but were slower. So I I, I and and that, like in God of War one, two, and three, and you know all the the PSP games and stuff like you usually do get to use like you know, mythical weapons from bosses. Like, you got to use, um, uh, you, you know, you get to use Medusa's head to turn enemies into stone and stuff like that, you know? Right, so I right. could see you getting a hold of that hammer. It seems disappointing maybe, if you wouldn't maybe, get it. Maybe, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the weird thing with this game... his son gets it or something like that. Instead, Since, like, mechanically, like, you already have that a similar weapon, but... Yeah, maybe. Yeah. He gets away from the bone arrow and all that stuff. Uh, weird thing with this game is that, that Assassin's Creed Valhalla expansion's coming out. March 10th, which is called Dawn of Ragnarok. <laughs> so I'm very curious to see how much that eats any enthusiasm, but I feel like what's the most any of us have ever heard about an Assassin's Creed expansion? They, they seem impressive, but like I don't think anyone's really going gaga over these things and talking about it in a big also, way, right? I, I mean, also, it's like, maybe I'm speaking for myself, but it's 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 Kratos and his son. That's the hook of that game. Right, I, it, right. It, they could be in like 1980s you know, Wisconsin, it's like hanging out at a mall or something. Like I would still be really excited about that game. The fact that like another game is like sort of in that same playground, like doesn't wane my interest in hanging out with those characters whatsoever. Yeah. And there's a, the weird shakeup at the studio um, of, I don't know about shakeup, but uh, the idea that Corey Barlog isn't directing this one. He's just going to be producing it. And the director is Eric Williams, who's been with God of War since the beginning um, but also like Shannon Studstill, like the head of the studio, she left after the last game too. So there's pretty big leadership change up with this game. And I know that they um, uh, destroyed themselves trying to get that last game out the door. And hopefully with that shakeup in the studio, they're able to not uh, 
you know, uh, crush the developers trying to release this game. And so because of that, I feel like it's been a while and I I worry that fans are going to be expecting this is going to be more revolutionary than it is. Where I feel like the developers are caring more about their health and releasing a good iteration of that last game. And I hope people aren't expecting a, a complete reinvention again, but we'll see. And there's a weird, uh, Corey, uh, Corey Barlog tweeted at some point. He said, uh, I th- this is so generic. I'm probably reading way too much into it. But he's working on some new project, some new IP within the studio, uh, some unannounced title. And he just tweeted, I love working in the God of War universe. My mind immediately was like, is the new IP going to be like existing within the God of War universe, but technically just some other story there? Because they're hiring for like fantasy based artists and stuff, apparently. So I could see it all existing within the same I mean, thing. Why not build on it? Barlog also tweeted for like a year that he didn't know what Ragnarok was. <laughs> so like, I don't know what you can put true. in his Twitter account. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's fear. Uh, Good Janet- pictures of uh, socks with toes, though. If you could give him a follow for those. Really? Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, he likes to kick his feet up wearing... Yeah, socks with toes and share what he's watching on TV. Cool, man. Uh, yeah, he's got a nice TV, too. I was like, all right, I'll see you. Gotta work on doing so bad, huh? Uh, what are we at? Number four for Janet? Yeah, I'm going with um, Pokemon Arceus. I want to believe. Excellent. I feel like every, literally every critic I talk to about this game is like, I'm ready for it not to be that good. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I kind of get why, but like, I don't know. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna hit. Like, I liked um, Sword and Shield. Frankly, like, I thought that was that game was awesome. I definitely think it has flaws, but I loved it. And I think this will be as good, if not better. I do feel like with the shakeup of not really having the typical kind of gym construction, we could see something like the love that we saw for um, Sun and Moon, which was also kind of shaking things up with doing like trials instead of gyms, which right. were like functionally kind of the same, but like just different enough that like, oh, now his pants are blue, right? Like we just, Pokemon's never going to get that big, crazy overhaul that everyone keeps asking for because their development cycles are so short that it's just, and then they keep getting more and more like it, the fact that these games even exist at the level that they do with the depth that they do with like how much they do for the genre, I think is a huge testament um, and is awesome. So I think this is going to be I think it's going to be a good time. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I have faith. I have it in my I'm in two fantasy critic leaks and in one of mine I drafted Pokemon. So I'm going to wake up early and be like, please put some points on this board. Like I've never been so invested in the the uh, the outcome of a game before. I, I am also very much looking forward to this game. A lot of it is just kind of like development curiosity, being a big fan of Game Freak, about just like, wow, are they going to pull this off? I think this the is... the animals fight you? Boom. Yeah, it's a ten. lot of dodging from the Pokemon. That seems all right. You're going around building out the first Pokedex ever, which I was confused. Didn't Professor Oak invent the Pokedex? Wasn't that the whole idea of Red and Blue? He just took credit. <laughs> he just yeah. stole this idea you know, from you know thousands how, of years ago. Yeah, you sucks. know how it goes. Yeah, I got a legend for you. It's making some money. Yeah, we'll see. I'm curious, like six months after it releases, if it's going to be like, oh yeah, that other that Pokemon spinoff. If it's just going to fall into that camp, right? Or if people will be yeah. like, this is this feels like a new trajectory. This is the, the persona to the Shin Megami. You know, this is like a new. It's technically a spin-off, but it's just as important and, and good as the as the main line. We'll see. I, I've actually come back around. I was kind of like, I think recently I went, I was like, it's not really open world, right? I don't think I want to play. Right. I've like circled back around and now I do. I am kind of excited again. I, I, I want to play it again. I think it, I think if I had to predict it, it's going to be somewhere in that like 775 to like an 825 range. I'm sorry, Janet. I'm sorry know. for your Yo, league. Pe- people, 
on open critic Pokemon Snap, new Pokemon Snap is sitting at an 80. And yeah, I thought that game was, was good. not that good. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a game. But it's also like, it's tough to mess up. Whereas this feels like a game that is very easy to mess up. Well, let's not... Let's leave Pokemon. You know, I'll leave. Po- I shouldn't have brought up Pokemon Snap. Let's it's leave it in twenty twenty one. It's simple. I would think so too. It was so. It was again. Maybe the old one was bad too, and I just didn't know because I was seven. Well, That's now possible. you're insane. Now you're a lunatic, Janet. Because there's no know, way that old like, game was bad. It's like the same. Talk about re- the same level over and over and over again. They're like, oh, now you can throw the apple. I'm like, this is not fun. This is not fun or interesting. But I think with so many new systems with Pokemon Legends Arceus, and they're getting out of their comfort zone, I feel like this could be a really strange, uneven experience. Like, I don't think it's going to be to that level, but there might be a little bit of that, like, gale of darkness energy <laughs> happening with this you game. Know, you know, yeah, I, I think it's a dice roll. I think it's high risk, high reward a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we could just see it landing, frankly, in the middle, and people are just like, eight, it's great, but, like, it's got some problems. Like, you know, yeah. um, which for most games, that's really great. But I think with Pokemon... The kind of vibes is if it's not bringing the heat of like a nine or a ten, throw it in the pile of everything else. But just because there's so many games in the series um, and it's such a long running franchise, but I I have faith. I want to believe, and it is my number four anticipated game. Yeah, it's also my number four. It has like um, you know, talk about the Sonic cycle. There's a little bit of like a Pokemon cycle, but instead of the games being trash when they release, they're always solid and review well and everybody loves them but still i feel like you know you're right janet i feel like the the world is kind of wincing in terror but like oh how is this thing gonna run is it going to pull it off um but you know what it'll sell a gazillion copies and i'm looking forward to experimenting with that weird thing let's get crafting and pokemon let's do it uh so that's my number four uh sarah number three hit us with your best shot (laughs) my number three is a little game that I played the demo of in 2021, and it was supposed to come out in 2021, but it didn't. So now it's on my 2022. It is Little Witch in the Woods. Little it's Witch? Got a, yeah, it's got a little Stardew Valley vibe. You're a little witch. You live in the woods. You have a talking hat. And you're kind of learning how to, you know, brew your potions. You collect materials. You brew potions. You help out the villagers, the townspeople. Um, I played a demo of it. I think it was around E3 last year, but it was very beautiful pixel art, fun writing, the mechanics of brewing the potions were very, it felt kind of like, um, uh, like the Graveyard Keeper one, that oh, game, if you ever yeah, played yeah. that, yep. it felt like, like that, but kind of a lot easier, because that kind of got a little too in the weeds with crafting, so just good vibes. Good vibes, cute game. I'm looking forward to it. I am desperate for this game. <laughs> Little Witch. I, I'm in looking the woods. at some screenshots, and it 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 falls on the Super Nintendo JRPG side of the scale mm. for me, and not the Game mm. Boy Advance. Okay, <laughs> so it's not. Is this doing the new way we're gonna differentiate <laughs> games? Right. Yeah, <laughs> just pixel art. Pixel excited games, about yeah. It. No, it looks cool. Where, where is the demo like publicly available or? Like, I how think do you... it's available for a limited time. But it was okay. like a, a significant demo. I would say it was like an hour of the beginning of the game. Um, but they like stop you right before it opens up and you're like, no, I wasn't done yet. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. very cute. I love, I, the, mm-hmm. I love the look of the protagonist. She looks awesome. Like I like her style. Yeah, I think That's it's bad. a Korean development studio too, huh. which is really interesting. This is the first time that I've like been interested in a game coming out of Korea, like a small Korean studio. Hmm. Huh, Little Witch in the Woods, everybody. Check mm-hmm. it out. 
Um, is there any release window for that thing? It was supposed to be late 2021. Okay. But since then, there has been, and this is happening with a bunch of the indie games I'm looking to. It was all late 2021, and then there's just kind of no news. So I'm hoping for 2022, praying for 2022, and maybe it's going to go, I, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of worried it's going to get stuck in development hell at this point. It's inching closer and closer to the ooblets sort of Ooh, chasm. Don't, oh my God. Say, don't say those I, cursed words. I'm sorry. I had to say it. Don't I had do to it. say it. I've been burned before. Is that before. game done yet? When's that I, game no, going to be done? No, it's not done. I feel it's like I sound done. like kind of a jerk, but I, and I already bought the game. Like, you got my, mm -hmm. like, do what you need to do. Send it when it's ready, and I'm just... <laughs> I we're, just don't know. We're waiting and stuff. Uh, oh, a little bit in the woods. The Steam just says TBA, sadly. Yeah. There we go. That's all it says. Not Turns out it's not so easy to make a Pokemon game. Just throwing that out there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, mm -hmm. but... You think Game Freak would know how to do it by now. Uh, Kyle, what do you got by number three? Uh, number three, uh, Gotham Knights. Really? Ooh. Number three. Yeah. Spicy more, choice. More so than Suicide Squad, even though I love Rocksteady. Like the Arkham games are the best ever, period of all games. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but but they're like really fantastic. Like like the Arkham games are so good and they they really cemented as like whatever Rocksteady makes I'm gonna play. But I I I I don't know. I don't I it seems more multiplayer focused. I'm kind of comparing Suicide Squad and Gotham Knights. Yeah. And it seems like Gotham Knights will let you play more single player even though there are co-op opportunities and also i just like playing as the batman family i, I like those folks you know who are you going to that girl i want to be robin so batgirl's number one yeah that actually who is, is who i will play as for sure uh, given the choice yeah this is that weird thing where there's so many comparisons to make between this and justice league it would seem weird if they both released in 2022 right yeah Unless there's like some narrative overlap, which would be fun if they were just a few months apart, but I don't think there is. I think they've been very clear that there is none. Right? <laughs> yeah, they've been screaming at you, Kyle. I don't know why you'd say that on a podcast. We've been very clear there is no <laughs> narrative overlap. These don't uh, connect to each other. <laughs> yeah, even though we've seen like a longer gameplay demo of Gotham Knights. I guess, well, Gotham Knights is cross-gen, whereas Suicide Squad isn't. So I guess if they had to delay one... Maybe they delay Suicide Squad that's less time sensitive. I mean, Suicide Squad's going to get the benefit of the doubt for eternity. You know what I mean? They're always going to be like, well, we're going to give the Arkham mainline yeah. guys the option to delay, not the Arkham Origins guys. Nothing. Right. That's, right. I mean, Arkham Origins is a good game, but that's just how it's going to be. I'm sorry. Yeah. Gotham Knights, everybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about this one. Honestly, like, if we both got it, Kyle, if we both got like early codes and we're all giddy and we got in the Batmobile and drove it to our couches, would... I'm driving a motorcycle. I don't want to get in the Batmobile. Oh, okay. Well, that's right. I'm going to take the Batwing, actually. And first, I'm going to fly it over the moon, <laughs> and it's going to look really cool, and everyone's going to agree that it looks cool. Um, would you play this co-op with me? Or is this the type of thing where you're like, I am solo as God is my witness. I'm playing single player. I mean, yeah, the latter. I am Batman. Okay. I work alone, even though he has a bunch of people that work with him now. Except uh, in this game, it's I, mean, I am not Batman, and I do not work alone. It, it truly is, like, I am truly completely uninterested in playing a co-op. I just don't... I mean, maybe I will. Maybe it would be super fun, but I just, I just want to explore Gotham on my own. I want right. to take my own time. Okay. I want to go into the back alleys and find hidden secrets. I don't, want, I don't want you as Robin sitting there 
you know, whacking your bat watch to be like, let's go. We got to go get Mr. Freeze. I'm like, I don't care. I'm putting a little, a little sidecar on your motorcycle. Ben sitting in there like, where are we going? Uh Stop looking for those trophies. No one cares about the Riddler trophies. Let's just go for the main quest. I love Riddler trophies. Let me find the Riddler trophies. Uh, Did you have hot thoughts on that Riddler design, by the way, that, I don't know, believe it or not, the internet was freaking out about, it looks dumb. I don't know. It seems fine. I'm very excited for that movie. It looks great. Yep. Yep. It's weird to have like, you know, those shots shared outside of the context of the film. That's not what the lighting is going to look like in the movie. Like, I don't put any weight in that at all. It's like, right, okay, that's just right. a promotional picture. Can't wait for that movie. It looks great. It does seem fun. Uh, all right. Where are we at? Janet, you're up next. What do you got? Uh, my three is God of War. So I feel like we already talked about that one we at got length. It. Um, so I can, we can just keep plowing ahead or I could, you know, give a shot to games that didn't make the list. But yeah, God of War, it's one of the most anticipated games of the year by a lot of people, and it's a kind of a known quantity in the sense that it's a sequel. The first one was awesome. Curious what the second one's going to be. Hey, you said it all. You said it all. Uh, my number three... Now look. Look into my eyes, Internet. I'm serious. I really thought long and hard about my most anticipated games, and I was like, what game am I going to be most excited when I have it ready to go to boot up? My number three for the year, sincerely, is Dragon Ball The Breakers. That weird Dead by Daylight Dragon Ball game that just looks absolutely absurd. Have you seen this, Sarah? No, you said you said Dead by. Yes, it is seven B one. I have to like correct myself. Did you what? Yeah, this is going to be a good game, Sarah. What was it called? Dragon Uh, Ball. Dragon Ball The Breakers, which is truly a horrific name. It's about as unexciting as you can get for the Dragon Ball universe. Uh, So it's seven V one. Uh, asymmetrical multiplayer. So one person is playing as Cell, Boo, or Frieza. It's all they've confirmed now. And you're like, lore-wise, in some alternate timeline where seven people are teleported there and they have to try and take out one of these big bads. And every time, and so then the big bad, who you can play as, you just get to roam the map. Uh, if, say, you're Cell, you just get to like do the tail absorb thing to these real life players. And if you're like another player on the map, you can like hear that character screaming in the distance wherever they're being absorbed. And then you have taking Dragon Ball and turning it into like a horror game, especially some asymmetrical multiplayer horror game. I am so on board for this weird thing. And then of course, Cell levels up every time he absorbs uh, a person. I mean, you, you, I think it's important to mention, not to yes, cut you off, but please. that like the players that you're playing as are just humans. You're not mm-hmm. playing as Z fighters. You're Mm-mm. playing as Bulma and then like random people. Well, here's the thing, Kyle. Uh, apparently, uh, you're playing as, yeah, random people, but then you can get a power-up. So, like, for 90 seconds, you can be Piccolo, and then you can fly over and try to beat the crap out of Cell before the timer goes away. But then the rest of the time, you're just scavenging for parts. You can scavenge for the Dragon Balls on these maps. Uh, and then, of course, if you summon Shenron and you get your one wish, your wish is to win the game <laughs> and then you can shortcut and win that way you can find dragon radar to try and find all the dragon balls but otherwise you're just trying to repair a time machine to like fix the timeline and make sure this never happens so uh, it's like the generator so it literally they, they took yes. a dart they threw it at the board of popular video games they hit dead by daylight yep and they said we're all in absolutely and sarah i'm sorry yeah. but we're gonna have to stream this together there's no other okay. way I, I can't i cannot wait to be repairing my generator and it, I just get the crap beaten out of me by a Dragon Ball character. Yeah, that's good gaming, I think. I mean, it's going to be so wonky. It's funny, I love like, it. you do, I, t- you're totally right about the dart at the wall thing, but, like, <laughs> it is, you kind of raise an eyebrow, it's like, they must have put Dead by Daylight up on that wall a bunch, because, like, it fits pretty dang well. The fact that you can level Cell up and, right. like, see the different forms of Cell getting stronger and stronger, like, it, 
it's it's a good pick, Hanson. I like it. Thank you, thank you. Also, Kyle, there's a grappling hook in it for everybody. So <gasps> yeah, it's gonna. I be remember, good. I tried to play it. They they got us into the beta. But yeah, it just was like technical mishap or whatever. I just I never got into a game. I just got to kind of walk around in the lobby with my created character, which was too bad. I wanted to play it. Uh, they said, yeah, it's, it was a closed beta and you couldn't share gameplay, but there is gameplay out there, believe it or not, because it's the internet. And looking at it, oh. look, it looks a little janky, of course. It's kind of in like the Xenoverse mold and stuff, but I'm still very on board. And like every character that you play as, if you're not one of the big bads, uh, they all have like the oolong ability so they could become a random object. It's a little prop hunt in there, so I think. Oh, it's, it's also prop hunt. Yes. What is going How on? How many times are you going to tell you Dragon Ball the Breaker is going to be one of the best games of the year, Sarah? <laughs> Mark my words. Uh, so hey, look forward to that, everybody. I think it'll be fun one to play with like a, a big group. And so the beta already happened, so I'd imagine it's probably going to be first half of 2022, maybe over the summer. Seems like a good June game or something. So we'll see. But they've just said 2022. Uh, all right, uh, number two, Sarah. What do you got? It, yeah, it was Kirby. It was Kirby, uh, that's because right. Because something about, like, Kirby and the Apocalypse really appeals to me. But since we already talked about that, I will give a shout-out to my honorable mention, Yokai Inn. Yokai Inn? Where you Inn. run an inn oh. that Yokai go to, and you kind of have to... It's kind of like the Spirited Away type inn, Ooh. where you're a human, and all these Yokai come. It's also pixel art. I, I, have, a, I have a taste. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's very beautiful art. Um... Should be. It's also like a single developer, so kind of like a Stardew Valley situation, as far right. as I'm aware. Oh, wait, hold on. So You've this is not Yokai like the franchise. Not Yokai. No, no, no. Watch. This isn't Yokai Watch. This isn't Imanaji. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, guys. This isn't like Wait. Imanaji. Okay. I'm cool still person. very interested, but I was yeah. like, this sounds. Now I'm way more interested. Than just no, no, that has its own baggage of or style. It's not, it's not yeah, Yokai that's Watch. interesting. Okay. Yeah, okay, I feel like cool. we saw this trailer during Wholesome Games, and like mm-hmm. looking at the trailer now, like that art is incredible. It's like pixel, it's but really cute. got a big, blocky, cute angle to it. I don't know. I don't know the best way to describe. This it. one's more Game Boy like Advance. This one's more yeah. Game Boy Advance. I think so. There's something. Yeah. There's something Kyle, you need to write it. this article or make this video, like this breakdown <laughs> of okay, how can you categorize all the games? Along Nintendo's history. Yeah, what percentage I mean, GBA is Hansen, this? I mean, Hanson gets credit for bringing it up, but like, really genuine. I'm not kidding. I look at this and I'm like, yeah, there, there is a line there, and I, <laughs> I can't explain why. But one is Game Boy Advance and one is Super Nintendo. So then, where is Stardew Valley on that for mm. you? That's a Super Nintendo. Okay, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course. Don't be nice. Yeah, see, I'm right, but I don't know why. <laughs> no one does. It's like a gut feeling. That's the best way to be right. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like I can't of, explain it, so don't ask. You can't, of, I can't be wrong, because yeah, I don't even know what my reasoning is. That's right. Yeah, it's like the government's stance on pornography. You know how it goes. They yeah. always talk about that. It's weird that the government's always reminding us about their stance <laughs> on pornography. Uh, what you ever talk about. What's your number two, Kyle? Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. You have to tell us now. <laughs> They're on the show. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, number two is uh, Forspoken. <gasps> number uh, two? I'm still just gaga over it. That game looks so cool. Gaga? Speaking of running really fast in big open areas, like that's, well, uh, Sonic's going to come out and everyone's going to be like, yeah, this is okay. And then Forspoken's going to come out and be like, oh, that's how to do it right. Okay, cool, cool. But Sonic should have just done this. I had no idea that it was that high. Like, we got to see a little yeah, behind oh, yeah. closed doors thing, and it seemed like the consensus after that for the wider internet was like, kind of leaning towards a thumbs down, but you're still coming out that hot based on that. 
Yeah, and that that sort of Eeyore noise that everyone <laughs> made was mostly understandably for like uh, related to elements of the characterization of the protagonist right, and the plot and things stuff. like that. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm just like, I just want to run around as her. That looks so much fun, and I like the idea. I like I like the fish out of water idea of her being like a contemporary, you know, uh, woman from our dimension who gets dropped in this new world and has to figure it out and has all these cool abilities it just it it just looks great i just i really want to play it yeah so if you don't remember forspoken is uh square's open world action rpg that's luminous studio so it's some former talent from final fantasy 15 moved on to this thing and it is like the magic effects look bananas and the combat looks super impressive. There's so much going on the screen. Hopefully Very it fast. runs okay. Yeah. yeah, but a lot about sprinting the world, you're kind of taking back the world from, I forget what it's called, the darkness equivalent, the mist equivalent of something that gets seeped over the world and your character is yeah, the only one that's immune to it. Uh, yeah, it, Kyle and I talk about it more in a standalone video on Mimex's YouTube channel if you want to check out our hot preview on that. But yeah, I hope the action lives up to your expectations, Kyle. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about uh, in that little video that I had I, at the time. I was had just finished Solar Ash and loved Solar Ash so much, and I was like, "This almost looks like Solar Ash with Square Enix art and budget," which yeah. is an exciting idea. Yeah, um, there's little things that kind of have me worried. Like one of them is that uh, Gary Witta, writer for Rogue One, uh, you know, sometimes podcast with Janet. Um, he. Uh, <laughs> He has not tweeted about this game. Like on the big preview day, no tweets from Gary Widow about this one. And I'm sure he's tweeted about it in the past, but I'm always a little like, it's weird when on the big preview day, the game that you helped get the ball rolling for the writing, you're not saying like, huzzah, look at this. It's like a little small red flag there. And I'm not going to point fingers, but I also listened to the kind of funny podcast, Janet, where you all like did your pick for... Okay. The fantasy draft. And like, the there's fact a lot of conspiracy theory stuff going on with that oh, podcast. Really? Where people in the live, well, people in the live chat were like, why isn't Gary picking Forspoken? Yes, absolutely. Why isn't anyone? But I'm like, well, why would he pick it? He's he's he he's part of making the game. Like that just seems like inappropriate to me. Not I, that I judge him if he did. I don't think it's that. Like, how deep is it really? Right. But like, there's stuff that I also wouldn't pick if I like played it before. If I worked on, it. like, I wouldn't I be like, you. oh yeah, that thing that I secretly either made or already like. It just. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't have picked that. I, I wouldn't pick you. any game that I, I wrote for. You're right. Personally. It, it would have been gross if he's like, Forspoken, number one. That's my number one pick. Everybody pre-order it now. But I think that I, I'm always on the hunt for like, who's saying they're proud of what when? And I was waiting for just a little little something of him being like, hey, I'm really proud of this game or something in I there. Think, I, think the conspira- I think the Gary Witta conspiracy <laughs> holds better if, and I don't know the history of this because I'm not reading yeah. all of Gary's tweets like this, but in, in former game projects, was he more vocal? And then I think then you could start to build the conspiracy theory. Not that I'm looking to build a conspiracy right, theory against right, Gary or right. anything, but that's... the. That's kind of my read on that. It's like, well, are you not saying it because it's like that means something or do you just not want to be constantly talking about it? Also, maybe you don't want to like fuel the, you know, in the world of everyone's tweets turn into articles. Maybe mm-hmm. you just would rather it's like, oh, the writer like this one, you know, maybe you just want to avoid the drama by just not saying anything at all right. and then eventually talking about it later. So, so um, this is also... yes, you are not alone in the conspiracy. Oh, the conspiracy I'm sorry to hear theories. that. I'm sorry to hear I've been lumped in with them. Um, but at the same time, um, it's important it's to do your man. research. You're in the community. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. I'm a best friend. Um, but it's important to do your research ahead of time. And I just Googled Gary Witta for spoken Twitter 
and his tweet about <laughs> uh, Forspoken is from, uh, let's see, June, June 11th, 2020, and he literally says, really proud to reveal that I led a crack team of A-list writers <laughs> for Forspoken. <laughs> so you know what? I'll, I'll eat my words and deeds at this point. Oh, that's funny. Uh, and now like, it's... What is, how proud, though? Like, on a scale... But right. like, on that note, too, with Forspoken, I feel... In, kind of in between like both you and Kyle like when I first saw it I was really excited for it and I'm still definitely interested it's not in my top five but I am interested in it totally. however I am worried from like the the off hands-off preview vibes were kind of dry and there are people that are like I don't know this game looks kind of empty and like mm-hmm. it kind of does but I'm like I don't know maybe it's just like the way they're designing it is just big open spaces to kind of zoop around in and i like the um the magic and abilities like i'm a big fan of those type of the type of abilities that were shown off in games like cool. control among others like i find that to just be a fun flow um so i am still cautiously optimistic about it uh, i will say though i didn't draft it for fantasy critic either because mm-hmm. like i just don't mm-hmm. the, the vibes are kind of weird around it but i am on the more excited front that i think other people are right on uh my are we on mine janet are we on you yeah are we in? Uh, whoever, Janet. what's yours? What's your second one? It doesn't no, matter. It's Janet's it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it's Janet's number two, right? Sure. Yeah, I can go. Uh, Breath of the Wild two, a Hell game that yeah. I don't think will be coming out this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is. They said it was going to come out this year, and I do think development wise, given like the you know Ocarina slash Majora's Mask comparison, time wise, this could definitely come out this year, and they said it would. Yep. But anyway, all that, all that conspiracy theory aside um breath of the wild one is in my opinion the greatest game of all time correct so the sequel to the greatest game of all time sure sign me up it looks like and i think you know talking about sequels it's so interesting because on one hand it's like a bit of a known quantity but on the other hand there's the way that they're perceived differently or the expectations are different and i think when we're talking about breath of the wild versus like god of war versus horizon um all kind of set up to get sequels all critically acclaimed um opening entries this one of the bit that we've seen, I felt like it did feel different enough, like in terms of what you're doing and like what kind of abilities you do have, that there's something to latch onto and get excited about. I think to the um, sort of sky element is intriguing, uh, even though Skyward Sword definitely mixed bag reception both at the time and now. Sure. Kind of changed up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited for this one. Um, th- yeah, I, Breath of the Wild 2. It's Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, it's, it's also my number or two. Or is it? We don't know the name, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a whole yeah, video. The official title is the sequel to The Legend of Zelda: The Breath of the Wild. So Don't forget it. Yes. Get it right. Very They're not going to change that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's also my number two, which seems insane to have the sequel to probably the greatest game of all time be at a number two. But I, I, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, well, I don't have my hopes up that it's coming out in 2022, which I think we all we've been burned with anticipation in the past too many times. And like, you know, it's just small things. Like I think on the eShop, it says like. Nintendo 2022 and Nintendo highlighting what's coming up in 2022. They don't list it there, but mm. who knows? Maybe they don't even know. I could see it maybe coming in at the end of the year. Like Kyle, if you had to predict right now, if you had to put a hundred bucks on the table, is this game coming out this year? No, no, no. But with <laughs> okay. that being said, I am incredibly excited for it to the point where it's like, I don't even have anything really interesting to say about my hype. It's just like, like they could have, sh- they could have just said, "Hey, Breath of the Wild Two is coming," yep. without any footage or mm-hmm. anything. Yep. It, my hype level would have remained consistent. I loved what they showed in the recent footage, but it's like the the joy of that game and the joy of a good Nintendo sequel is just being really surprised and like them delivering what you didn't know you wanted. 
And so like it's it's the kind of game that I like really dig into every little piece of media they release for it, but at the same time I don't put any stock in it. I'm like I I don't know what this game's going to be and I and I'm that just makes me even more excited. I just can't wait to see what this thing is going to be. It's going to probably my expectations are going to be wrong and it's going to be better because of that. Like it's it really is one of those things where it's like I, I almost wish they would have just said, hey, it's coming eventually. We were not going to show anything about it, and I would have been just as excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think it's coming out this year. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably not. There's still so many weird big questions about this game. Like I went back and watched Game Explains breakdown of that last trailer, and they just bring up so many yeah, of those like totally. obvious points of just like, so they show that you're still in the world after the events of Breath of the Wild, and you're running around and, you know, there's that shot where it's like the macoblins, bookoblins, like rising up on the rock guy and all that stuff. But you see plenty of sky from the ground in that view. And those islands are not there. Like the floating sky islands are not there. And so trying to figure out like, well, how does that work? Are the sky islands a different part of the game? Is there going to be some event where so they all shoot maybe up? Maybe they're invisible and you can't see them until you put uh, on your special goggles. <laughs> so that the Switch doesn't have to actually I mean, render them out? It's a little bit of a fool's errand to like really mm-hmm. dig into that so much because it's like maybe that what you saw is going to change by the time it comes out. You know, maybe they just haven't put the islands in the background yet for the sake of the trailer, you know, or they just deleted them to inspire more mystery, you know, about what the game is. But then, but this is in the second trailer where they also reveal like yeah all those even flying still islands. like that they would, could totally change things i mean we could probably look at the very last breath of the wild trailer and see things in there that didn't make it in the final game i would assume i don't know could I be in a while, yeah but. they also point out like that you don't see the divine beast you should be able to see the divine beast in a couple shots and they aren't there so that seems a little bit odd there's just so many things with this game that yeah we're all so excited for it, but it's just like big question marks like what is happening all we really know is it's going to deal with time in a big way and i'm hoping that's what's taking Zelda game? That's right. But I'm hoping that what is taking so much time is that the idea of being able to rewind abilities on top of all the multiplicative gameplay, as they like to put it, in that original game just re- re- like has resulted in this chaotic, systemic mess that's taking a long time to you know make ironclad and actually shippable. But that by the time we get it, it's just going to be bonkers creativity on the player's end. That is my best case scenario with all that rewinding Absolutely. time stuff. So we'll see. Yeah. Also, my number two, uh, Sarah, number one. I think we're here, right? Is this it? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My number one is Stray, the third-person cat adventure game from Annapurna, where you play as a tiny kitty in a robot city, and you just go around and you explore. Uh, that's what the game should have been called. Tiny, tiny kitty, kitty in a robot city. city. It really would have done better. Yeah. It would have been better for SEO, for sure. Oh, undoubtedly. Yeah, that's true. Uh, straight. Now, how much of it comes from, like, the specifics of what we've seen versus just it's a cute cat game, therefore it's, it's going to be up there on that list? I mean, I always like exploration games, and I think what they showed us in the trailer of seeing it from a cat's perspective, it's weird that we haven't had more of that. Um, so I am just kind of excited to be a cat and explore and see what's going on with these robots. I don't ask a lot from video games. Like, let me be cat. That's fine. That makes yeah. me happy. Yeah. I mean, I really, I really love that, that just that core idea of mm-hmm. like, even beyond like, you know, a cat game. It's just like the idea of like a cat in a world that seems to have no humans and just mm-hmm. interacting with robots. And it looks great. Like, yeah, that that's just a really cool core idea. Like Tokyo I think Jungle. The design 
the design looks a lot like a Naughty Dog game, like a Naughty Dog platformer. Like I saw a lot of Jack and Daxter in that gameplay. That being said, I'm a little huh. nervous about the feel, like whether or not landing will you know feel pro- like appropriate and proper. But I also think there's just so much opportunity with like it inherently being a cat game and like cats are really um, funny and dumb and mean and industrious. And I think there's just so much <laughs> like opportunity there. I also like, I'm a big fan of any game where you are a small character in a big world, whether it's because you were just very small or because the world is upscaled. Um, like that as an aesthetic and an idea is intriguing because it's sort of, um, I like when things weird the mundane and I feel like a cat game is weirding the mundane because as, you know, a human character or a humanoid, you just have an inherently different perspective of that kind of city. So I'm so excited. And Annapurna um, hits a lot. I will yeah. say, you know, I used to joke, they don't miss. Mm, they miss sometimes. But overall, mm-hmm. I think even when they miss, it's of intrigue. Like they have cool projects. I think they know how to scout and scope talent. Um, this looks good. Like I'm excited for it. Hopefully it lands. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sarah, I thought for sure your number one was going to be Chia, the T-C-H-I-A game that kind of looks like a it's, wind waker, but you're taking over different it items. Definitely, and, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, but I think I'm not looking for a lot of defeat the boss type of games in okay. my top games. I don't sure. know how to describe it, but I was really into it when you were just becoming different animals. Yeah. And then they showed that part where you're like, actually, you're fighting... Uh, evil corporation polluting and you have to go in there and like do boss battles and then i was like mm, okay mm, all right like, that's it's fair. interesting but mm. all right uh kyle what's number one uh my number one is the sequel to the legend of zelda the breath of the wild hell I know. yeah it is hell Surprising. yeah it is. Uh, uh i was i was genuinely though hesitant to even put it on my list just because i don't think it's a 2022 20, game yeah i get uh, it but it just kind of lives at the top like almost as like a boring pick i feel like because it's like yeah of course one of my favorite games ever. Yeah, I want the sequel. That's like a no duh. <laughs> is it like a, a healthy thing you think that Nintendo can out there and the only messaging they've had up till now has been 2022? But it seems like this entire podcast agrees. Like, well, that's just not going to happen. I think is that for just- Nintendo, yes. Honestly, like I waited seven years for Animal Crossing. Yeah. So you can wait another year for Breath of the Wild, the sequel. Just get used to it. And plus, like they'll have maybe Mario Kart 9, they'll have Splatoon 3, like, they have enough big things. Or will they? Or will they? I mean, they've just I mean, even, like, all of their stuff is a question mark. Like, until they give a hard date, like, I feel like once they have a date, they rarely delay, but I think getting to that date is super Mm -hmm. hard. So, like, Splatoon 3, like, I totally forgot about that. That would have been on my list, but I also don't think that's really coming out. Hmm. Bayonetta, the new Bayonetta game. Yep. Like, Mm -hmm. all all or none of these can come out. Like, frankly. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like, with Bayonetta 3, I, I'm in that camp of like, well, that's probably not coming out this year. But it's like, well, they teased it years and years and years ago, and they just relaunched it. So it's not like they haven't had a lot of time to work on this thing. Like, it's conceivable that they are still on track. But maybe in this COVID world, just every developer getting out there and be like, nope, it's harder. Sorry. Um, you just can't take anything for granted. But uh, Janet, what was your number one? Uh, number one, Horizon Forbidden West. Because um, I just played the first game horizon zero dawn a game i still struggle to say the name of Mm -hmm. um which i think that'll continue for all of time because then there's also frozen wilds the dlc not confusing with forbidden west in any way completely different totally different um but i love that game i mean i feel like this is a hella late take but 
Yeah, like everyone was like, the, everyone that championed that game when it came out was like, people are letting this go to overshadow Breath of the Wild. I promise it's more than just like another open world game. It's really good. And I'm like, ah, y'all, you know, I'm, I'm busy with Link. Like we're hanging out, we're floating through the air. It's a, it's a good time. But I finally got around to this and I, I was just honestly floored by how good it was. Um, I think the open world genre is so hard to do well because it's at such a big scale. Um, and obviously, like, eh, you, you don't need to have banger side quests to be, like, an amazing open world game, but that definitely helps a lot. And this kind of hit on all cylinders. I have very little negative to say about this game. There's only, like, one thing I didn't like, and it was the process of getting, like, the best armor, which was just infinitely annoying to, as a process. But, yeah, it, it's just super fun. You got the crafting. I think it scales well. I think they give you, like, just enough stuff to do that you want to do it all. Yeah. And they roll it out really slowly. I think it all feeds into each other really well with, like, the Hunter's Lodge. And, okay, maybe the trials are, can be a little annoying, but it also is teaching you how to use, like, all these weapons and how to, like, best utilize your skills without actually doing a tutorialization of it. Like, it is a game that teaches you everything by design in such a smart and fun way. Um, I loved everything about it. And the next one looks like it's definitely improving and iterating. And I think there's also, despite how much I love the first one, I definitely could see the room for growth, right? Like the human enemies like aren't that great. And like a couple right. other elements feel like, or the traversal even is a big thing that people kind of complained about and not being quite free enough. Um, definitely freer than I thought it was going to be based on people's complaints. Just but no I'm like, breath of the wild. Oh yeah, yeah. with the... Like, once I get that glider, I'm like, fall da- I can avoid some of this fall damage. We're going to, like, go all over the place. So I'm just super excited. The cauldrons were really cool. Like, I adored that game. And even though I, I imagine if Breath of the Wild 2 comes out, that would probably be the one I like the most of this list. Horizon's the one I'm most excited about because yeah. it has plenty of room for growth. We have a date. The date is soon. I just played the first one. Love the first one. Like, that is absolutely my most anticipated game of this year. Yeah, I think, Kyle, I'm going to project and assume that we're both in the camp of really enjoyed that first game a lot, but haven't really thought about it since 2017. And so, like, I think we're both yeah. going to have that, if I may keep projecting, I think we're both going to have that moment of, like, diving into this game, then remember, like, oh, that's right. This These games are really good. I forgot that I should be looking forward to this more. Yeah, it's it's like on my larger list. It's, it's basically my number six. Right. Like when right. I wasn't sure about having Breath of the Wild on my list, I like Horizon Zero Dawn was or Horizon Forbidden West was number six. Yeah, I almost I envy your experience with it, Janet, because it was unfair to play it right. I I literally started it and then played and beat Breath of the Wild and then picked it back up and beat it. Right. And I was just like, you know, so I jumped back into the middle of the game and I was like, oh, I can't just climb this wall. I have to like go around. And like that was like almost unfair to it. Like I, I should have I should have spaced them out more to like give it a chance to breathe on its own. Um, and maybe hopefully with the release of Forbidden West, hopefully they just keep pushing back Breath of the Wild too, and they will you know have a nice uh, bit of breathing room between them. And I won't put them in the same spot in my brain. I think there's something about this game where I'm sure it's going to be solid. I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it. I'll definitely play it. But I think I don't know if there's any specifics about the sequel that has me excited. Like okay. Uh, you know, more freedom when it comes to climbing. Yeah, the hang glider, sure. That's something. Underwater? But, uh, no. I, mm. I, that's a terrible hook for a new game is now you can swim, it swim underwater. It is a risky. I feel like I'm like, have we ever had fun underwater no. if it wasn't a water game? No. Almost never. Remember no. Mario Odyssey underwater? Y'all can't tell me that world was good. Come it on It was now. fine. Yeah, Subnautica is <laughs> the only exception. jumping through. And I feel like games that, that to have that as a bullet point, like now you can go underwater. It's like, you mean the thing that's annoying in every other game? And like in this game, it looks smooth and it looks good. And I'm sure Gorilla's going to knock it out of the park, but like, that's not making me excited. And then they're like, okay, but what about underwater 
and now you can go to San Francisco. Two big beats are not really getting me as of yet, but I think once I'm in that world, I'm going to have a great time, but I just don't know exactly specifically what about this is, is making me excited. One th- one thing, like one specific thing that I'm finding myself getting excited about is like one of the surprise things about uh, Horizon Zero Dawn was that I really liked the story. The story was really interesting. I like Aloy's sort of history, which obviously I won't spoil if you haven't played it, and who she is. And yeah. the sequel is to the point where I'm like, I have no idea where you guys go next because there was a nice little bow totally. at the end of the first one. And rather than like see that as a negative, I'm kind of that feels like a positive to me. Like I'm genuinely curious where you guys are going next with this. I hope it's not a bunch of tribal politics because that yep. wasn't super interesting to yep. me. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm I'm definitely like optimistic and one. They did a really good job with the first one. I'm I'm hopeful that the second story will be cool too. Yeah. Uh, any other honorable mentions people want to shout out? What was you didn't say your number one. I don't oh, think. I'm sorry. My number one was uh, God of War Ragnarok. Let's see. Other stuff that's coming out this year. Ubisoft's X Defiant. Let's see. Do you guys want to like hold a thumbs out like Gladiator style and give a thumbs up or thumbs down depending on where you're at for these? Um, sure. Audio listeners, you'll just have to imagine where everybody's at. I'm sorry. Ubisoft's X Defiant. Who can forget? Surpri- what is that? Surprisingly neutral from everybody. Don't be naive. Advance Wars reboots coming out spring 2022. Uh, sure. Ooh, a big Starfield. Positive. Starfield wouldn't really talk about Kyle's thumbs up. I that's yeah. I'm not a big Bethesda guy. I am more excited about Starfield than I have ever been for Elder Scrolls or Fallout. Yeah, just because I like the sci. I like the space idea of it. I, I'm more into that, like you know, open world space. Than I am like new Bethesda game, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, all right. So, so uh, but that's another one that I don't think is coming out this year. So, I yeah, I'm skeptical. And they're like, you know, I forget where it was. There's a Todd Howard podcast I was listening to not too long ago, and he seemed very reasonable. But like, we're aiming for November 11th type of thing. Like, but I, I can see them delaying it. Um, let's see, uh, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, for the audio listeners. Everybody's thumbs are so high up you can't even see them in the screen. Sarah is actually jumping and down, jumping up and down right now in excitement for Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, PlayStation Five and PC. That another Microsoft game on PlayStation platforms that'll be interesting. Uh, that's of course from the team that brought you. Why can't I remember the Resident Evil Evil Thin? There we go. Evil Within. Um, Final Fantasy Seven Ever Crisis. Hey, that weird remake of every Final Fantasy VII thing ever coming out on mobile. Remember that weird thing? Oh. Where they're like, we're remaking Advent no, Children as a did. mobile game. Uh, let's see. We have Bear and Breakfast, which seems uh, Sarah Ithic. Yes, uh, 100%. Yes. Okay, there yes, we go. Yes, that's on my honorable mention. Yeah, I actually am looking forward to that one legitimately. <laughs> like, I, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, okay, Bear, Breakfast, Battlestar Galactica. You, Galactic, a, you awesome. run a, yeah. Well, the you art's cool, little, too. It's kind you, of got like this cartoony stylization to it. Yeah. Uh, Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl, which I think is easy to be like, yeah, whatever that thing is. But remember, like, that E3 trailer. You got a date today. Oh, that's right. December 8th. Uh, mm-hmm. it got delayed to. But that trailer looked really cool. Um, Tiny Tina's Wonder Worlds, Wonderlands, I should say, March 25th. 
Okay, Kyle's thumbs ish down. Uh, Saints Row, I August twenty third. I, I just like Borderlands isn't. I've I played the first one and enjoyed it, and then never really played in the other ones. It's not like I don't have a dislike for it necessarily. I sure. just don't really I genuinely. I don't honestly see myself playing it. All right, all right. Unless Andy Samberg is like really funny in it, then maybe. <laughs> How I'll, funny I'll, would he I'll, have to be? Uh, let's see. Weird West, March thirty first, from former Arcane developers. We had an interview all about that on our YouTube channel. Uh, Tunic, March sixteenth. That still looks cute. The little Fox Zelda game that we've been staring at for sixteen years. Uh, Splatoon. Three, we'll see if it comes out. Redfall from Arcane Austin. I don't think it's hitting this year, but you know, we'll see. Uh, Neon White, uh, yep. which is that speedrunning card game. List. Yep, that seems very cool. Uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns from Fraxis. I'm, I would be excited about that, but the card <laughs> system has me a little bit worried. But you know what? I like that team enough, or I'll give it a go. Uh, in that same vein, Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Another, there's your XCOM experience, oh, yeah. everybody. Uh, Cuphead, Delicious Last Course. That'll be a fun time for everybody. Hollow Knight Silk Song probably won't come out this year because people like disappointing other people. Uh, Lego Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga. Um, hey, Kyle, I'm starting to think the only time and place that game's being released is in a galaxy far, far away, a long, long time in the future. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, oh, I got it. Cool. <laughs> uh, Hogwarts Legacy. We'll see if that comes out this year. Chocobo GP. Hell yeah. I'm actually excited about that weird game. I like those old Chocobo racing games. March 10th for that one. Uh, the Dead Space remake. They say is coming out this year. I don't buy it. Uh, Callisto Protocol, which is the Dead Space spiritual successor. Uh, they say is coming out this year. Maybe. They should try and beat the Dead Space remake to market. Uh, Ayudin Chronicle Rising, which is the spiritual successor to Sukaden. This is kind of the standalone action spin-off of that spiritual successor that looks fantastic. If you don't remember Eudin Chronicle, E I Y U D E N, check it out. Is it Kickstarter? I think it uh, maybe. Yes. I'm gonna say yes. Okay. Um Dune Spice Wars, RTS, uh game I'm looking forward to a lot. Uh 4X RTS, which I'm curious exactly how they split that difference. Uh Arc Raiders, um curious about former Battlefield team. Um Kyle, there's a game coming out next week, apparently, and it's called Nobody Saves the World. And it's from Drinkbox, the Guacamole team. Yeah, are you gonna you're gonna go into a thing with this now? You ready to talk about this game? Well, we're under embargo, Kyle, but I will just say that nobody saves the world comes out next week. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, and cool. um, I do have some things to say about I it. I thought you were doing a transition. That's what I thought was happening. Uh, oh, this is gonna no. be a bit. No, there's no bit. The only thing, Kyle, is it comes out next week. We're embargoed, mm-hmm. but if I may. <sighs> So, there we go. Nobody That's actually the, world, the sound of what it's like to be in games media. People always ask, like, what is it like to do what you love for a living? And it's a lot like that sound that Ben just made. That's it. Nobody says the world, everybody. Coming out on Xbox next week and PlayStation, or not on PlayStation, but on Steam, I mean. Um, hey, do you know how this whole thing operates, Sarah Pazorski? This is why I was trying to cut you off, because I thought you were ending. I just wanted to throw out Teenage oh. Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge. Oh, that game really I'm cool. sorry. I'm sorry. That's also, right. Also, uh... Uh, Sifu. Yes. Out, like, yes. In February. Sifu, and you played yeah. Sifu, right? Yeah. And I and I can talk about that because the embargo was already lifted like a long time ago. It was awesome. I got to play the first uh, like, I want to say like, thir- like the first half of like one of the early levels and really well stylized, great art, um, pretty nice sound design. And the combat was like really good. Um, and it's fairly challenging, but I feel like with the aging system, it makes it easy enough that you can get through it. Uh, again, I won't, I won't go into too much detail, but uh, yeah, I I feel like I'm more excited for it having played it because I'm like, I think this is going to be a really good to great game when it comes out. Awesome. Cool. Sifu. S-I-F-U. Is that yep. helpful? Do you think that's 
boring for podcasts is to spell things out. People like it, no, right? It depends. It. When it's inscription with the Y, oh. you kind of need inscription. Ugh, what a mess. I mean, um, I Googled all, most of Sarah's games, and, you know, I spelling would have been great. Yeah, we should just spell out everything we're trying to say on a podcast mm-hmm. at some point. Like, stop using words. Y- Letters are the new yes. words. Um, Sarah, do you know how this whole thing operates? It's Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash MinMax with two ends, everybody. If you like the show, you can support the show and unlock great benefits for the show by heading over to Patreon.com slash MinMax with two ends. Thank you, especially to some of our biggest supporters. Thank you to the fine folks over at Fantasy Flight Games for, well, they want to let you know about the Lord of the Rings card game, the revised core set. Uh, it's been popular for over 10 years now, but this is a new improved version quality of life improvements they have new cards the whole thing is this box it's not like a trading card game which i think would turn off some people but the lord of the rings card game set it's a cooperative game one to four players uh new campaign cards boons burdens uh it's a good time if you want to get around and soak in the world of the lord of the rings and have just a good tabletop co-op gaming session that's not too complicated is how I'd put it. I had some drinks and played with my fiance the other day and it was a magical experience straight to Middle Earth. Um, Also, thank you to the folks at Diverge Coffee. They want everybody to know uh, that, well, they have this message for you saying, hey all, Brian and Nick here from Diverge Coffee wanting to wish you a happy new year. Thank you to all of the awesome min-maxers that supported us in 2021. We just want to ask you to please consider checking out what we have to offer at divergecoffee.com. And if you do, use code MINMAX for 15% off of any order. We look forward to an amazing new year moving forward and hope you think of us when you want coffee. Start your adventure with divergecoffee.com. D-I-V-E-R-G-E, divergecoffee.com, everybody. Also, thank you. Spelling, good. Spell it out. That's it. Also, thank you to the folks at Fixture Gaming. They want you to know about the Fixture S1, which is a clip that you put on your Nintendo Switch Pro controller so you can play on the go with the screen because it's a clip. And you put your Switch Pro controller in it, Kyle, and then you slide the screen itself into that so that you can play on the go with the greatest controller. Kyle, ain't that something? It is. Every time you mention it, I think of that Sublime song, KRS-One. Fixture mm. S1. I just hear that tune in my head. I think we all do. So we hope you think of that every time you think of the Fixture S1 from Fixture Gaming. There's a link below if you want to check it out. It's $35. You can get it on Amazon. Also, here's the thing. We have a lot of great supporters on this show. And i8bit has been a big one. Their new product, Kyle. I guess you could say you'll never see it coming. That's right, everybody. It's the Persona 25th Anniversary Deluxe Vinyl Box Set from IM8Bit. This is a limited edition 15-disc box set celebrating the 25th anniversary of the entire Persona series, featuring over eight and a half hours of newly remastered music from Persona 1, 2, Innocent Sin, and Eternal Punishment 3, 4, and 5. And they have colored vinyl themed to each Persona game. You can get it in iM8Bit's wonderful online store. Please check that out if you're a fan of Persona. It is an amazing collector's item to have. And you can go to their wonderful online store, the iM8Bit store, and you can use the promo code New Year New Code. New Year New Code, no space. And you can get 10% off everything under $1. And they want to point out that that Persona vinyl box set, you can also get all the vinyls separately if you're interested in that type of thing. Hmm. And because they're very generous, they ship out a prize each and every week to the MinMax community. Whoever has the best question of the week, submit it over on Patreon. And this week, uh, they're going to be shipping out Mute Zone on PlayStation, the PlayStation game. So look forward to that if you end up winning question of the week. Um, We should get to these community questions. 
Uh, Janet, um, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom about 2022. I feel like we live through it, through your words. Wow, that's really beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Thanks for being here, Janet. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun time. I'll see y'all. Leo Vader, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. What were you it's doing? Like I never left. What were you doing before you clapped in? Oh, I was sitting waiting to be clapped in <laughs> because we were behind schedule. <laughs> you know, we just I like to just sit and stare at the Discord group video call that I'm not in. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. Uh, well, thank you for being here. We have a bunch of great questions from the community, and they've got a lot of hard-hitting questions, and we're going to crack them open and read them. We're going to crack them over our heads like they're eggshells and then pour the egg juice all over ourselves, you know? Just just last night, I was trying to crack eggs quietly because my girlfriend was in bed. And I the various services were too loud. The corner of the pan, the corner of the bowl, it was being really loud because it was like not breaking and I had to do it really hard. So I was like, just try it on the like marble counter because that'll be really hard. And of course, instantly it just collapses and I just, it's just <laughs> egg and yolk spilled all over the counter. I guess, let's see, you could take a lighter then and like hold it over the egg crap on the counter and kind of cook it that way and then you would just have like a hard boiled egg on the counter by the time you're done. That's yeah, in like point. five hours. Yeah, five hours, but you could do it. And it would be quiet. <laughs> the quietest, weirdest <laughs> meal you've ever had. Uh, hey, Mitch submitted a question over on Patreon. He says, one of my favorite events of the year, awesome games done quick, is going on right now. Run, don't walk. If you had to pick a game to speed run, what would it be? Just like personally, right? Yeah. <laughs> what else yeah, would it be? I, I mean, I guess, like, I guess as, as, uh, for some reason in my head, us? I was like, choose to watch or choose to see someone else play, which is a very easy problem to solve. Mm -hmm. um, it's been done to death, and I, I would be nowhere ever near completing it at a good time but Mega Man X is a game that I speed ran as a kid with my brother before I knew what speed running was so that would probably be mine I think speed running as a kid just means playing well my daughter loves it and every time she's playing a video game I'm like hey you, you're trying to speed run this one and she gets very annoyed with me <laughs> dad hey, you go fast kid <laughs> you go fast she was, she was replaying bug snacks I was like oh you speed running it this time oh and she's like gosh. go away does your daughter think you're a dork uh, she knows I'm a dork. Hell a yeah, gamer dads nice. unite! Um, I would love to do gamer dad like a glitchless run of a Tony Hawk game, like American Wasteland or something. Mm -hmm. Just finding those lines. Yeah, because what well, in that in that new game they they have that mode that you really enjoyed more than the core unit. What was that all about again? Yeah, that was speedrunning, trying to do all the objectives that you normally do across like four or five two-minute runs, mm. getting it down until you're doing it under the length of one two-minute run, which was very satisfying. Yeah. But I, yeah, an open-world Tony Hawk game would be interesting too. Yeah, they must do that. I haven't watched any of Awesome Games Done Quick yet this year, but every time I do, I always really enjoy it. But Sarah... Um, oh, man, I, was, I watched Returnal, and it just made me feel awful. I was just <laughs> like, ugh. Really? I thought that game was hard. It's not. It's yeah. very easy. It is so bizarre. Like, you'll watch the Cuphead speedrun. It's like, oh, it turns out all these bosses are easy. You just have to be in this one corner. And then you'll try and mm -hmm. sit in that corner yourself and take the shot. And it's useless, pointless. But somehow, these freaking people are good. Um, but Sarah would be like, Star Stable Online or... There's a there's a speedrun for the SNES version of Harvest Moon that Ooh. is two minutes. What? Um, it's two minutes because what you do, and this has been living in my mind since 2013 when I first saw it, but what you do is you get your farm and you talk to every marriageable girl in town. 
Right. And then you go to sleep for three years, <laughs> and the game ends because you're married. Story of my so life. It's like a zero percent completion, but the game just ends. Like you just leave your farm and you see your dog that you've never met before in your entire life that's just been living on your farm. Um, and the credits roll, and it shows you that you have like no money, no happiness. You've done nothing. And I think that Incredible. is the speed run for me because, right. like, you know, the bar is very low. And I don't have to sit there for like 11 hours. So you that can is sleep my for people. three years in under yeah. two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That he just went to, he talked to every girl in town and he just went to bed. And then three years later, roll credits. You didn't get married. Game over. Your grandpa's rolling in his grave. What have you done to my legacy? My farm. <laughs> uh, Eric Reitz wrote in. Uh, he writes in. Eric writes in, Leo. Nice. His, his name is Wrights. Um, he says, hey, my next crew, uh, happy 2022. Given the chance to walk in the shoes of any video game character, whose shoes would you choose and why? And yes, I literally mean their shoes. Great. Great question, Eric. Uh, Chell. Oh, uh, damn it. That's the correct. Are those shoes <laughs> or that is that just like the big springy thing like strapped to her ankle? They're, they're called long fall boots, I think. Canonically. And boots mm. are shoes? Yeah, are boots shoes? I, I think technically. So you could wear the weird springy jumpy things. It's possible to slip them off of her and put them on you, you're saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can see them in, like, the the tra- There's there's no cutscenes that show Chell in the game. But there right. were lots of trailers and commercials for the game right before it released that were explaining how the game works, where it was like basically a third-person cutscene of Chell doing action, and she's wearing long fall boots. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. you can see them on her when you're right. like, mm-hmm. when you're looking at yourself in the portal. She's wearing something on her feet. Even in the first game, she was, I believe. Kyle, I think you're mistaken. Every everything I see is she's barefoot and then just has like that metal weird springy thing strapped to the back of her feet. Does that count as a boot? You're saying that's that, not a that shoe? That could be considered a shoe. Barefoot is a shoe? On your gonna... foot? Let me search shell feet real quick. Okay, good. Okay. It's auto complaining. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so I threw, I threw a, a, a commercial for the game in, in their Discord chat that's called number, Aperture Investment Opportunity Number 4 Boots. And it's all about the long fall boots. It's even okay. it's even narrated by Jake. I'm Simmons. just saying these cosplayers are all barefoot, Kyle, and you need to explain that to me, please. <laughs> um, I guess you got to go Sora, right? Just for his big. Really? You don't st- even like those games? No, but I love his shoes. You're just picking out iconic video game shoes now. <laughs> Look, you're calling my bluff. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. Do you think is the implication that Sora's feet are like half the size of his body? Is that what's happening there? Well, like Mickey Mouse has disproportionately large feet to his body, which I think where, is where they got that from. Well, that makes sense. Mickey's his dad. Well, is it, <laughs> yeah, everyone knows that. Is it an homage? Because Sora's think, just like... I think like, it is a little okay. bit. Hey, also... he also has hands, right? He has, like, the gloves, too. He's a monster. Here's a very <laughs> naive question. Sincere, this is a sincere question. What's going on? I know that this is a rabbit hole, but what's going on in Kingdom Hearts? Why... Is he interacting with all the Disney worlds? You is can't. He... You literally cannot ask that I'm not question. asking about, like, you know, Xenohort the 14th, whatever the hell. I'm literally just asking about, like, why are these Disney worlds colliding with this sunny beach? Is it some 
evil magic thing? What's the core premise? There's literally so many games to explain that to you. But the core premise. Kyle, is it like ultimate universes colliding? You're going planet to planet on the gummy ship. It doesn't all take place on the beach. You leave the planet. So it's like a Space Jam New Legacy situation where every planet is a different property and he just happened to be in the same space as the Disney planets? Yeah. Actually, it is, yeah. Okay, thanks. Um, I look forward to the YouTube comments, please. And I'm, again, I'm not looking for the rabbit hole. I'm just looking for like surface level. You can't. How is he interacting with Mickey with and Goofy hole. and stuff? All I right. can show you the Google Doc that explains the plot to all the Kingdom Hearts <laughs> games in order. Please don't. I would like to use the Jet Grind Radio roller skates. Yeah. See, you all are smart. See, mine was I've been playing near recently. I want to wear her boots. Because they make this really satisfying, like, click-clack sound when you walk on stuff. Ooh. So satisfying. And the boots just look so cool. Hell yeah. I just want to wear the boots. That just made me think, too, of Mega Man Legends. Because you get the, like, boink, boink, boink. Like, the cool springy Mm -hmm. sound with every walk there. And then you also have the jet boots, like, and you can also skate around with that. So you get a little bit of that uh, jet grind action. that's, That's the correct answer. Um, and now for a natural segue, LB writes in and says, Hey crew, where do y'all stand on Tarantino movies? Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. Love them. Love them. Yeah. Love them. Of course. Um, Hateful Eight, maybe I need to see again, but that was the only one that I left the theater being like, that eh, sure. That was a fine time. I liked a lot of them. I still like them some of them on rewatch but i hated hateful eight so much that it made me retroactively think like oh maybe those weren't actually good the ones i liked yeah you were one of the eight right uh i i I was just thinking about tarantino the other day because every time he's on like a podcast i'm always so excited i'm always excited to you know when a youtube recommended video pops up where it's like tarantino talks about unstoppable for 10 minutes on youtube and it's like oh i'm so excited about this just anytime i'm so excited tarantino says all right a lot. All right. <laughs> but I've been listening to so many podcasts with him, and I just wondered, like, is he, are we annoyed by him culturally? I feel like people are ready to turn hard, but we haven't all had the conversation that he's a bit much and we're kind of fried with him. But we're right on the verge, right? <laughs> he's definitely one I of mean, those. He's a bit much, but his, his movies are good. So he's okay. one of those figures that I hate when. When the vision of him writing pops into my head while I'm watching his movies, you know? It's like I know a little too much about his behavior. Yes, absolutely. Want a little more mystery. And I always think of Tina Fey, was it like Golden Globes or something years ago? When she was uh, the host and she said, oh, Quentin Tarantino's here tonight. The star of all my sexual nightmares. <laughs> it's just like those types of jokes really stick with you. Um, so yeah, I, I like Tarantino. I love his movies. Obviously very important to me and stuff. But every time I listen to him, I... I'm eager to listen, and then I, while listening, I'm like, uh, I'm on the verge of getting fried. And maybe just I've heard like seven podcasts about him talking about his novelization of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where it's like, no matter how many times you talk about this, I'm not going to read it. I promise you, Quentin. I promise you. Uh, Tactical Dreamer writes in and says, hello, everyone. What is your preferred play style or class in a game? Not any one game specifically, but across all games. What do you gravitate to? Uh, I like a guy who uses two swords because I don't want to carry a shield or try to block. I'd rather mm-hmm. just hit with my left hand. Yeah, try to blocking block. is so, dumb. Hell yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. Don't this like is a min max stance. But yeah, genuinely, like I do like with, with from games, I usually go with the dual wielding blade type character. I don't, I don't want a big sword and a big shield. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
I like a I like a good spear. Uh, cause I like a good having distance. It makes me feel safe, you know. Like, did you all mm-hmm. do that dorky stuff too as a kid? Of like choosing your weapon for just like make believe, fun time running around with friends and stuff. Be like, I'm. And yours the- was always a spear. Yeah. Did, did anybody else do that? Of like, I'm the sword guy. I call nunchucks. And I'm like, oh, I'm spear. I mean, it co- goes back to like Ninja Turtles in a big way, right? Mm-hmm. Spear is kind of like a boring one. Do you think? I feel like the, the spear guy is never the coolest guy. It's like the bass player, kind uh, of, I would say. It's like the spear <laughs> user. Sid Highwind uh, begs to differ from Final Fantasy VII, Sarah. You'll mm-hmm. find out soon mm-hmm. enough in the remake. He's a hard-drinking yeah, astronaut of a man. Five years when we get there. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's never coming. Oh, I guess we didn't talk about Final Fantasy sixteen. We is that talking. coming? I don't think it is. I, I think maybe, although that They're latest update. They're busy with Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, cool. Uh, that's a hey, Sarah, thing. I don't want to scare you or anything, but yeah. I downloaded Final Fantasy XIV today. I am a little scared. I mean, wow. you, I'll see you in three years when you get to Endwalker, and then, and then we can yeah. have a serious talk about it. We're going to try to make it like a family game. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. That'll be so really? fun. That'll be yeah. so fun. Do, do you think your daughter would be into an MMO like that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, she's basically playing MMOs in Roblox. I like, mm-hmm. let's get you like a better mm. version. Yeah, and I think here. Final Fantasy XIV's definitely a great one if you're going to be picking something, but let me know if you have any questions. Oh, I will. <laughs> Do you have any tips out of the gate for him, like classes or anything? Oh, yeah, that's actually good. I mean, classes, when you're starting an MMO at such a low level, it really doesn't matter. I would say not to go healer because that's what I did in Final Fantasy XIV, and that's the class that I usually pick as I usually go healer um, because I thought that I liked helping people, but I just like having everyone's lives in my little tiny hands <laughs> um just that that power complex that comes with it but some like in final fantasy 14 they make you do like single player things to get through the story and as a healer like you're trying to you don't have a lot of attack so it takes like two times longer to get through a single player uh. experience than it does playing a dps class so i would say dps class level your healer on the side level your tank on the side and right. in-game family Noted. dinners are very important. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm very curious to see if, if that works, Kyle, because I like the idea of trying to find yeah, a big family it? unit game, but, like, you're not an MMO guy at all. No, I'm not. This would be really my first. Interesting. Genuinely. Weird. Funky. Yeah. We'll see. I'm, ex- I'm excited to check it out. I mean, I've heard nothing but glowing positivity about the game, so. Yeah. Very curious to hear how that goes, for sure. Uh, anybody else got a thought for playstyle class? Um, I was like Kyle, short range. I like sneaking and and daggers and stuff. Stop but chivalry too has really made me appreciate the the big two handed hammer. It makes me want to try it in other games. Mm-hmm. If I were to replay Skyrim or something, I would like never go down that path before. But I've got a new appreciation for it. Right on. Fenrir writes in and says, "Lolly ho, horts." Hello, Fenrir. Thank you. Lolly ho. Uh, Lolly ho too. Uh, do y'all think Wordle is just a fad? Or will it stand the test of time to join the pantheon of puzzles like crosswords or Sudoku? Uh, P.S. Wordle is currently a contender for my 2022 top 10. This is not a bit. Hey, we, we accept all kinds here. I'll be playing it in my casket. <laughs> I mean, saying Sudoku levels, let's not get nuts here. I mean, it's feeling a little bit like a fad, but it's a solid little activity. Don't put too much pressure on yeah. this little thing. It, it, it'll live with draw something and words yes. with friends. Yeah, yeah, words like, with friends vibes. Yes. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. I, I, the weird thing to me now is people get mad about it, or it's like, it's, it's 
it's going to be gone in like six months. Like you don't have to get <laughs> up in arms about this. It is know? weird. I, it's, I do appreciate that it, the Wordle sharing always comes with the word Wordle, so you can just mm-hmm. mute that on Twitter if you're not interested. Yeah. But I think it'll fade out when people start experiencing the same word. Like, for the third time they get a word they've already had before, people will be like, okay, I'm kind of done with this. And I feel like, you know, limiting it to only five-letter words, that maybe will happen sometime, but there's probably still millions of five-letter words. Yeah, I'm Googling how many five-letter words are there. According to Free Dictionary, there are 158,390. So that's good for a oh. couple years, I think, I would imagine. Yeah. And we've learned they're not afraid to use the BS ones. <laughs> that's the right. They're getting into that early. Uh, Chris Logan submits a question over on Patreon. He says, hey, Ben and the Horts, once and for all, what is the superior candy bar ingredient? Caramel or peanut butter? Caramel. Car- caramel. Caramel. Sarah, I don't. This is this is like jury duty. Like we need to be unanimous. In my chocolate. So you're pure chocolate. Oh. Yeah, I'm pure chocolate. Milk. I don't agree. alter it with like caramel and peanut butter. Mm. No. Wait. So really, if it's like, hey, hey, little Sarah, you get to go to the yeah. store and pick out a yeah. candy bar. You're gonna take a Hershey's over anything else. Yeah. Trash. I feel <laughs> you. Have you had the Tony's chocolate only milk chocolate, Sarah? No, but that sounds delicious. It's divine. It's oh. the best chocolate bar I know of. And they have a lot of different varieties, including ones with caramel. Mm-hmm. And they're good, but not as good. Wow. Wait, you said Tony's? Tony's Chocolate Only. Choco Only. I think, I, I, think mm. I had. Did they have a salted caramel? Yeah. Is it better? That one I had, I think, and it was fantastic. I do like a salted caramel. Yes, in the orange wrapper. Yeah, those yeah. are good. I'll have to huh. try the chocolate, the pure chocolate. I remember as a kid one time wanting like a Dove milk chocolate bar. And for some reason, you know, the stupid misconceptions as a kid, my parents must have said something about like, oh, we can't afford that or something like that. And for all of my childhood, I just imagined like every time I see those in the store, I'm like, well, those are for like kings and queens. Like literally, I would just imagine like that Dove milk chocolate bar was unattainable. So then like when I got a job and I was able to buy all the Dove milk chocolate bars I wanted... It was heavenly. So I bash Hershey's, but like a Dove milk chocolate bar, I would take over a fair number of candy bars, Sarah. So they could be good. Okay. Okay. Thank you for rationalizing my argument. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but compared to like a Milky Way or something, like, no, you're nuts. No. You go for caramel. Cram as much caramel in there as possible. I definitely felt that way about the Ferrero Rocher or whatever, the gold wrapper chocolates that Wait, they had but i love for. those because they have like the hazelnut in them mm. i think i've still never had one because it's so ingrained in me that it's just for the one percent <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're solid gold uh yeah. adam cohen writes and he says hey min maxers uh this question what do you think the one percent eats instead of candy bars truffle Stuff. Truffles. Truffle stuff. Yeah. <laughs> truffle stuff. Truffles mm-hmm. on babies. Adam Cohen says, hello, Minmaxers. Uh, this question is based on a conversation recently from Janet Garcia. Who? On PS, I love you. What? Uh, do you always claim free games when you have the chance? Such as from PlayStation Plus, Xbox Games with Gold, Epic Game Store, or do you not bother if you think it's something you don't want to play? Uh, if, if I remember... Absolutely. Yeah. I like yeah. to pocket things for later. I mean, I'm also very much like a buffet kind of video game player where I like to like try a little bit of everything. So even if it's like something I'm not really jazzed about, it's like, I'll at least check it out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. 
Uh, yeah, I feel like I always see those stories about, hey, this game is free on Epic Game Store, especially like over the holidays. It was just bananas. And so I went back and there's an article that rounded up every free game that Epic gave away on the Epic Game Store in 2021. This is just a sampling. This isn't all of them. There's still a lot of indie games and stuff that isn't as high profile. But if you just got all the free games available from Epic last year, you got Jurassic World Evolution, Star Wars Battlefront 2, Galactic Civilizations 3, Metro Last Light Redux, Rage 2, Creature in the Well, Tales of the Neon Sea, Alien Isolation, NBA 2K21, Among Us, Frostpunk, Control, Overcooked 2, Sonic Mania, Bridge Constructor of the Walking Dead, Abduction, Offworld Trading Company, Plague Tale Innocence, Minute, Rebel Galaxy, Ukulele, Void Bastards, Saints Row the Third Remastered, Yoku's Island Express, Neo the Complete Edition, Stubbs the Zombie Remastered, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep DLC, The Hunter Call of the Wild, Dead by Daylight, Godfall, Prison Architect, Shenmue 3, Remnant from the Ashes, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, Loop Hero, Second Extinction, Mutant Year Zero, Vampire, Vampire, Prey, Control, Moving Out, Sultan Sanctuary, and the Tomb Raider Survivor Trilogy. That's just a sample. God, they got Control twice. (laughs) Isn't that... Oh, did I really list it twice? Yeah, you're right, I did. It's just bananas, though. All that stuff Mm -hmm. was thrown out there, and still, a lot of people are like, eh... I just don't like that store, It's like the people who do that are the same people who, on their birthday, go to, like, the five different locations to get their free, like, Starbucks drink, their free donut. And to me, that is just a full-time job. (laughs) I do not have time to, like, track where I have, like, Epic, and then you have, like, PlayStation, and it's Mm. like, no, if I like a game, when my time has come, I will just buy it. Right, because you're just adding more guilt to your pile in a weird way, right? Mm -hmm. (sighs) Leo, you good about that stuff? Are you good? I am sure if I was better at it, I would not regret it. But I, yeah, am famously, famously, everyone knows this about me, yeah. bad at clicking claim on things that are free to me. <laughs> That's right. It's the vine about not going back to jail and then clicking stuff. Uh, <laughs> Travis Manick writes in. He says, hello, friends with two ends. What is the most illegal thing you're willing to admit you've done? This is being uh, broadcast. In high school, I used to trespass at this abandoned cat food factory. What? Because <laughs> you're so school, hungry? We walked to it. What's up? You're so hungry? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's all the smells. Oh, no. Uh, it was really fun. We'd bring, like, flashlights and scope all these different areas out. There was, like, a weird flooded basement that did smell horrible. There was parts where the floor was totally caved in, and you had to, like, creep around the side of it, do a Tomb Raider shimmy. Wow. And then the one time I didn't go, I was like, I'm busy this afternoon. My f- The cops came, and they put my friends in the back of a cop car, and then eventually, like, let them go and decided not to press charges or whatever. Because you smelled but, too bad? I guess. But to this day, I'm not sure if I ratted them out. You know, it really seems like I did. <laughs> <laughs> Do they, did they ever discuss that with you? Did it feel like it? No, it only occurred to me telling that story right now. <laughs> Like, that's terrifying were you, were you were you scared of like oh maybe there's a evil gang set up in here or something it was scary and there was we went up to the roof which was awesome and then we go to leave the roof and we see that someone has like nailed hammer nailed a squirrel's tail into the door what and i don't know what that means <laughs> <laughs> i think we all know what that means that's terrifying i mean yeah it's it was really creepy it's tough to figure, like, what is the most illegal thing? Like, I don't know, my uh, my family's big into nature, all that fun stuff. There's a lot of uh, going to the national parks and stuff as a kid, and, uh, and, like, they're very big in respecting nature, but for some reason my family's just like, we're, if we're in a national park, 
It was just like game on for stealing stuff. Like, all right, we're going on a big hike. Hey, that rock looks cool. Throw it in the pack. Let's load up our car with as much natural resources from this park as possible and hightail it out of here. So most of our- And then what do you do with it? Yeah, uh, rocks of resource? uh, Yeah, um, well, so (laughs) my dad like built our house and (laughs) our, this is weird to say, I guess, but our bathroom- it looks like a mining shaft. It's just like old barrels and rocks and stalactites. Like it is an insane Disney ride of a bathroom. So we just kind of threw it in there eventually, I guess. I don't know, Sarah. Look. I appreciate it branching off from the beach theme of Midwest bathrooms. We don't live near the beach. We don't go to the beach. Mm. Why is the bathroom? <laughs> like the seashells in there. It's got to go. Every Midwestern home has a beach-themed bathroom. It's like, it's definitely, if you have a beach-themed bath- bathroom, the odds of you having one of those soft toilet seats goes up like 200%. <laughs> like, that's a that's a one-two combo in my mind. Like, this weird pink foam thing that you sink into. Mm. Like Kyle has. I don't have any of those. You know what I have? <laughs> I have slow clothes toilet seats. Which means that if I ever use a toilet in public or at a friend's house, I just slam it. <laughs> I just slam it. That's that the end of this I urine. To, <laughs> it's expected to slow close. And it's like, oh, wait, no, this one doesn't do that. <laughs> and that's the most illegal thing you've ever done is slam a toilet seat? That's guy? right. It does feel a little like socially illegal. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. right. Uh, I was in the back of a cop car as a result, at least once. Interesting. Um, when's the last time you interacted with the cops, Kyle? You ever been pulled over? I guess like a speeding ticket, like five or six years ago. Okay. Probably. Scary? Nothing fancy. Were you nervous? Uh, no, I was mostly annoyed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, no, not really. And it's that type of riveting... Tidbits of our personal history you can expect from a podcast. You want kind of a weird, I mean, no, I guess it's not no, really illegal, but not. I had a weird one where I got a free copy of uh, Project Gotham Racing 3 for Xbox 360. I, for, from working at GameStop, for some reason they gave like copies to the employees and I played it for like 10 minutes. And I was like, I don't really like this. And then I took it into the back of the store where I worked and I shrink wrapped it shut and then I Ooh. returned it to Target to buy toiletries. So it all comes back oh. to the toilet after all. Mm. That's right. You're, it was a very college thing of like, I need some shampoo. I don't have any money. Oh, wow. <laughs> I returned this game I don't like. Bad <laughs> boys, poly. bad boys. Uh, Muffin Crumbs writes in and says, Hey, Ben and Company, I have a little game called Fake Show Plus. I'm going to list a title of a new Show Plus video that may or may not be real. Kyle, I figure <laughs> you're a good contestant for this one since you're not on a Show Plus. Uh, you yeah. have you have to tell me whether the title is real or fake for a MinMax New okay. Show Plus video. So these like were on the ballot, but maybe didn't win. Nope, these are right. only ones that won. These are the okay. ones that were voted right. for and became a video. Have we ever produced a New Show Plus show called Brothers Grim Fandango? No, correct. Warrior Wear <laughs> Champions. <laughs> uh, no. We did. Grant came over and we played oh. WarioWare. Have we... Oh, boy. Have you ever produced a new show plus show called The Greatest Story Ever Told? Uh, yes. Yes, we did. <laughs> Join- it was like a... It was like a was it a game where it was like uh, sort of randomized story? Storyteller, things? yeah, which I think the full thing's coming out right. this year. Uh, joined at the hip. No. We did. Uh, fling to the finish. Uh, Janet and I play in that. It was a fun game. 
Ch Chocobo on ice. <laughs> but, no. By the way, Leo, write, write this down for next week. Chocobo on ice. We'll come up with what the show is later, but we'll just put that without a description in the poll. If it wins, not even before that. <laughs> uh, what about Will You Be... Oh, that's why I said no, because I was like, I don't know what that show is. <laughs> uh, what about Will You Be My Valheim? Yes. I'm sorry, incorrect. That show was called Valheim uh, Pal Time. Who can forget the, the best? That's a good name. Uh, it's all right. good name. Ricky Winterborn writes in and says, What are your thoughts on using multiple screens at once? If we're watching a show and it doesn't 100% engage me, I usually switch, uh, usually play Switch or draw on my iPad while my wife watches TikTok. Sometimes I feel anxious and guilty, like we're pathetic ADHD freaks. But then it's like, does it really matter? Yeah, you're fine. I assume you guys are fine. Relax, we're ready. I do this a lot. Have a good time. I actually have like a little station with a screen on it that I can plug in like a home console onto that I will play Xbox games like while we watch TV, like in the bedroom or something like that. I do that. I do it constantly. Constantly. Hmm. I don't really constantly. do it too much. Maybe I should try it more often. I think it's just like if there's a TV show, I want to be fully engaged with that TV show. I don't watch too much crap like that. I guess where it's just kind of tuning in and out. If, if well, for me, tears, there's a right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a bar of TV show I'm like, this I don't really care about, but is good enough to have as entertainment while I'm playing Switch. When I'm watching TV with my girlfriend, we're both good about not checking our phones. We're both very intentional about, like, taking that time away from doing that. Yeah. But when it comes to playing games, I'm, like, always game on my main monitor, video, podcast, or TV show on my other monitor, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Luke Strain writes in. He says, cohorts! <laughs> All right, this is a weird one, but I think I'm defending it preemptively he says you're suddenly trapped in a room with only one way to escape each of you must come up with a baby name that is easily recognizable video game reference that non-gamers don't find strange your lives depend on this that non-gamers don't find strange <laughs> but if you're a have gamer you non-gamers so as a i think so as a non-gamer yeah you'd have to be like that's totally acceptable i'm but if you're a gamer, you'd be like, winky wink. I know what this is about. I got it. Sable. Sable, I'm free. Mm. It's just, a, it's just Oh, it's the, the name of the game. And the character. Yeah. I think. I think I think non-gamers would be like, Sable, interesting. Like if you're at a daycare, people would say that's interesting. In a so they can't say interesting. They can't say interesting. They have to go boring. I don't think you're up to date on modern baby names, Hanson. I don't that's think anyone true. would bat it. Yeah, I think Sable, Sable would pass. <laughs> really? Right. Yeah, I think Sable yeah. would pass without no one would blink an eye. Damn it. Uh, what for about Hades. like Arthur Morgan Hansen for the name of a little baby? <laughs> <laughs> that would go goodbye. I'll be like, right? my child, Dovakin. Uh, I have Norwegian <laughs> roots. Uh, it's very important to my family. <laughs> sorry, Sarah, you're being executed in this escape room scenario. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, this is my beautiful daughter, AI? Eggman. <laughs> <laughs> Tails. This is my daughter, Tails. <laughs> I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. Kyle, you got one? How, how are you getting out of this scenario? Uh, Aloy? I slit my, my throat. I take myself out. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than think I refuse to play your game, you madman. <laughs> if you can't do it, there is one knife on the table. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, Backstage Pass, help us out. What is Could you just be like, I, I, Bell? But it's it, like... Bells with like an S. Mm. Or is, crossing? It, maybe the way to do oh. it is like a, a video game spelling. 
to a name that's n- normal enough? Well, you know, like I, I was Aloy is like my real answer because I no. I don't think mm. I've ever seen another Aloy, but it honestly like it feels like a contemporary baby name to me. No, yeah. I could, no, if I, it's strange. Yeah. You can't just or say Phoenix, Ooh, like Phoenix, Marcus Phoenix. Phoenix. Mm. Phoenix Marcus. Marcus. I think wait is this like character names that could also be baby names that call back to games too but that aren't strange essentially I'll be like this is my daughter uh, Una, and then this is my son Titus like what well if you have twins well the the twist is like if it's a person who doesn't play video games Mm -hmm. they don't bat an eye right Mm -hmm. but if they do Mm -hmm. play video games they're like oh I see what you did there so like I think Yuna is not a bad one it's not honestly it's not bad Mm -hmm. I still think people would find it strange but could you say like I mean that's just like names that are in video games that are also common names but a gamer has to know that it's a video game reference yeah gotta be on that line gamer gotta know <laughs> Gamer gotta know. Um, sweet Cut tooth man. Cut man. man. <laughs> Splash woman. Uh, let's oh, let's Mega Man. Mega Man X. There you go. <laughs> this is my child, Mega Man. Terrible dude. Uh, Sarah, did you say G Man from Halfway Through? <laughs> I said my child, Mega Man. G Man's good. G Man's good. G-Man's good. <laughs> Trying to think this just... is my son G Man. The G Man. This is my son, the G Man. <laughs> Liquid Hansen? Is that passing any Ted and I. These are my twins, Solid and Liquid. <laughs> <laughs> also, we have a third one. His name is Solidus for some weird reason. We don't want to talk about it. Uh, okay. They're getting, they're getting together for a play date with their friend Psycho Mantis. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a bad child. We've seen it. He floats around and he wears clothes that are too big for him. Uh, Beefcake writes in, he says, Hey, cohorts, what is a game or movie that you will die on a hill saying is way better than its reputation? Uh, for me, it's the second Kingsman movie. It's at like 40% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Yeah. That's a very fun movie. What about The King's Man? Just... I haven't seen that yet. Really? But it's also getting tarnished, right? It's getting just, yeah, raked to the yeah. coals. I really want to see it. Um, I think mine is a Downsizing? That Alexander Payne movie with Matt Damon? Kyle, you with me on that? Totally. 100%. I love that movie. And and Matt Damon is with us, too. He apparently in some interview, someone was like, like, sort of like, you know, talking down to that movie. And he was like, give it a give it a couple years. People will come back around on downsizing. And I and I really think he's right. Genuinely. That movie is interesting. Yeah. If you don't remember, it's it's, funny. It is funny. and, And the premise is it's like, hey, you have the ability to shrink yourself down to like sub Barbie size to help the environment. And it's basically the entire movie is like, it's the greatest twilight zone movie ever made. Cause it's just what would actually happen to a society if this was an option. And it was like this huge dividing line of like, if you get shrunk down, you cannot go back. Your life is forever changed, but you also get to be rich because you can have all these things. Cause resources cost nothing when you're that small. It's such a cool one. Have you seen this movie, Leo? No, I speci- I totally like decided, oh, I guess I don't have to see it when everybody didn't like it. So I'm really glad to hear this and I will be watching it streaming on Paramount Plus. <laughs> Please. Yeah, it's at 47% <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. It's like, what? You guys are nuts. Uh, speaking of Paramount Plus, I, we talked about we did a recent like movie sort of uh, Patreon exclusive podcast thing, you and me, Hansen. And uh, <laughs> I, what, I'm trying to trying to 
trying to be a shell here. I know, but uh, you did the worst job explaining what it was. Who's well, hooked I don't know by what that? it was. What did we call it? We, we counted down our top 10 movies of the year. Yeah, right? it was very top 10 films okay. of 2021. Kyle and I made a Patreon exclusive thing. It'll be up on Friday if you want to listen to that or unlock it. Thank you. Thank you it, for your it patronage. It didn't make my top 10, but a movie that came out last year that did not review very well. That is on Paramount Plus, I believe. It's called Queen Pins with Kristen Bell. And it's about this woman who like figured out how to uh, make coupons, like fake coupons. And she started selling them online and, she, and it became this whole debacle. It's it's really funny. It's I, I was surprised when I saw how low the Rotten Tomatoes review score was. Uh, Darkfish Days writes in and says, Hey all, if you had to delete all your gameplay screen captures except for one... What clip would you save? Mm. I um, save a lot of Siege clips over my past few years of playing that game. And just recently I've been going through them and clearing them out, deleting them to clear space. And But there's like one in every ten. I'm like, I should save that. Whether it's a really good clip or just really funny moment or from a really specific moment. It's like, I want to have a clip from that time in my life. Anyway, uh, it is a clip of my team defending old house in that game on secure area in a really undefendable point. It's like there's a bunch of windows straight into it and oh, the other the team will always oh, rush. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> the worst. But we did it by, like, blowing open the whole floor and putting mm. a bunch of, like, cameras in it and just watching it from every different outside angle we could. And it's a really fun clip because we're all, like, screaming in excitement and it's in overtime and stuff. And then we win it when it's, like, defending that point is so hard to win. Mm-hmm. And we're all screaming in joy at the end. It's a very fun clip. For right, me. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I think, God, I think I have this saved or did just Dan Reichert save it, but it was like peak PUBG love and it was Dan and I and Vinny and I forget who else was playing. Uh, and it was just like an insane moment where like Vinny killed a bad guy with the car. And it's like, it's so much more impactful when you have like that audio recorded as well of everybody screaming like, help me Vinny. And then he comes through and it's this miraculous moment. So that's a favorite of mine. Plus I was like, oh, I get to play games offline with Vinny. This is the highlight of my freaking life. And it was in fact the highlight of my freaking life. Up <laughs> era, I think, yeah, we've never topped that. No, nope. As a society and it's free to play now. So we can jump back in. We can rekindle that new show plus show. Oh, great. Reboot. Um, Hey, speaking of which, Sarah and Leah, it's weird that we haven't pitched like the idea of a new show plus show with you two playing Siege, right? It seems like we should do that, right? Because it would be Leo winning and me lying in a bathtub. Right. Too afraid to move. Right. Good gaming. <laughs> yes. You've seen my PUBG strategies. That's just gaming 101. Mm-hmm. You're setting yourself up for clutch moments. That's exactly. right. <laughs> when the entire team has been wiped and they're like, Sarah, where are you? Oh, I've just been in this corner the entire time staring at a wall. <laughs> uh, anybody else got any hot clips? Exactly. They're all good. They're all good. They're all good. They're all good. <laughs> James Ford. I did, I did. I did. I am running out of room on my like Xbox cloud save, whatever. And I went through like back six years and was like looking at clips. And it, it was a weird thought experiment to be like, why did I think this clip was worth saving? There were right. so many that I was, it was just like me walking around in Dragon Age Inquisition and picking a flower. I was like, <laughs> why did I save that? But that's like perfect 2014. I'm like, hey, what a cool novelty. I can save this clip. Yeah. I'm sure you're just losing your mind spamming that button. <laughs> um, another, if you're asking for follow-ups, another clip I really love is a Titanfall 2 escape I did where I like sniped four people and made it to the ship at the very last second. And I love that because it's like we lost 
and you're racing to the ship and still that cool moment happens. That's just how good Titanfall 2 is of a game. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, Kyle, James Ford asks, hello, do you prefer fighting normal enemies in games or fighting bosses? Normal. Normal. Bosses aren't as fun. There we go. McManga writes in and says, uh, McManga writes in and says, the people want to know, what does Sarah think of the new Pokemon short Bidoof's Big Stand? Has it convinced her to love the beaver or is it just the latest in Bidoof's, Big Bidoof's agenda? I'm telling you guys, like, Big Bidoof agenda, like, this is getting out of control. Like, the Pokemon PR train is just forcing Bidoof, like, they will not rest until all Pokemon Pikachu plushes have been changed out for Bidoof plushes, okay? <laughs> we cannot get out of the way. Wake up, sheeple. Like, he's, Bidoof is, it's not Pikachu. It's not Eevee. It's no. a f***ing beaver. <laughs> it's a beaver. Uh, can't you a say that about any beaver. Pokemon? Like, you gotta give one its it's, due. What's wrong with Bidoof? I, it's not significantly. It's a beaver! <laughs> There's nothing else exciting about it. Look, if you would have said, hey, it's a mouse. What's so exciting about a mouse? But Pikachu is... Iconic. Bidoof can be risen to that level. He's an electric mouse. Do you think it's like um, a producer situation where it's like somehow they're trying to bring down all of Pokemon by just choosing the dumbest Pokemon to try and highlight and be like, this is the future of marketing. They're like, we can get these dummies to like any (laughs) Pokemon we want them to like if we just put it in front of their faces enough. And it honestly, mission accomplished. Yeah, it's working a little too well. (laughs) Society's crumbling. It should be... It should be Mareeple, not Sheeple. All right, right. Pokedark, <laughs> here we go. Uh, Rich Carrasco Rich Carrasco writes in and says, how badly does a game have to run on your Switch before you need to play it on another platform? I put 50 hours into Dragon Quest Builders 2, a game that runs at a silky smooth 20 frames per second on Switch, but I still don't care enough to play the perfect 4K60 version on my PS5. I hear you, Rich. I hear you. I mean, it's inconsistent frame rate. I mean, even if it's like a... If it... I. If it sticks to 20, you know, if it, if it doesn't change a bunch, then I, I am not too bugged by it. But I'm also a Switch apologist who will play the crappier version just to have handheld. So I've yeah. been playing Burnout, uh, Burnout Paradise on Switch lately because it was on sale for like 10 bucks over the break. I thank Sarah and Jan in particular for being the voices of reason of saying, don't do that. Playing games on yeah. the go is not worth that frame rate. Don't do that to yourself anymore. <laughs> yeah, there's a, my general thing now is like if I can play it on PC and it's not like a super simple game like Stardew Valley, mm-hmm. I'm going to play it on PC because running into bugs on Switch, like I think I played Graveyard Keeper on Switch when it first came out. After putting 40 hours into a game and then hitting a bug that you know isn't going to be patched like it is on PC immediately, it's just so disheartening. You're like, damn it. I should have just played on PC. Yeah. Yeah, that is annoying. Streets of Rogue was like at one point a year behind the PC version mm-hmm. with updates. Really? That was frustrating. Mm-hmm. Ugh. But the prob- our problem was we played so much Spiritfarer, which uh, the frame rate just got worse as you built your ship bigger and oh, bigger. No. And had right. more and more things oh, spread out sure. further and further. So it was like, well, now we can't switch at this point. Oh, that sucks. Uh, Joe Kefkin. Joe Kefchinski. Ke- <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Writes in and says, music and rhythm games? Yeah, I have them. Like many digital storefronts, the PlayStation Store lets you filter by various traits. So which of the following games does PSN consider to be a music rhythm game? Leo, is this a music rhythm game according to the PSN Store? Persona 5, Dancing in the Starlight. Yeah. 
All right. Sarah Pazorski, is this a music rhythm game? The Bard's Tale Remastered. <laughs> no. Correct. Kyle, is this a music rhythm game? Dark Cloud. No. Yes, it is, according to PSN. What? At least according to the filter. Leo. Are they user assigned tags? Because Steam has the same problem where people Ooh. just meme and agree to tag one wrong. I don't think anybody ever meme on this game. Kyle or Leo, is Detroit Become Human a music rhythm game? Yes. Okay. Uh, Astro's Playroom, Sarah. No. Correct. Kyle, okay. Astrobot Rescue Mission. Uh, yes. <laughs> Correct. Of course. Okay. Uh, and then Journey, Leo. Yeah. Correct. It is apparently listed under Music <laughs> of the Game. Oh, wait. Bonus lightning round. Sarah, Trails of, yeah. Trails of Cold Steel 1. Yes. No. Come on. No. Just get your head out of your ass. Uh, Kyle, <laughs> Trails of Cold Steel 2. Yes, it's a trick question. No, come on, everybody. <laughs> Leo, Trails of Cold Steel 3. Of course. Correct. Thank you, Leo. And, and Sarah. Really good at that game. Sarah, of course, Trails of Cold Steel 4. Yes. Yes. All right. Okay. There we go, everybody. Good job, team. I was team. about to leave. I was like, I will walk. <laughs> Thank you, Joe, for writing in. Uh, all right. Knife from the, from the puzzle room. Yeah, from the baby room. <laughs> uh, what do you like for question of the week? I like talking baby about crime. Names. Crime, <laughs> crime, baby names. I like the shoes. Uh, they were good questions this week. They were really good. The new show plus fake names or not. Mm -hmm. They were all really good. <sighs> Which way are you leaning, Sarah? Don't put this on me. I'm just Don't asking. You're not making Don't the final call. You always do this. I, you're Don't making the final this. call. You're just like inching it in a direction is all. No. I like the baby names <laughs> personally. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, Sarah. Baby names. Baby names. All right. Baby names. All right. There it is. Uh, Luke Strain, congratulations. You won the prize from I Am 8-Bit. They will ship out that copy of Mute Zone on PlayStation. Um, now, it's time for something that we call... Get a load of this. Awesome. You don't need to insert it now. I did yeah, it you're right. Great. Nice. Um, <laughs> hey. What should we do? Who wants to share a thingy? I'll share. Yeah! All right, sorry for that. <laughs> I take uh, it back. <laughs> Worth a shot. Uh, yeah. Okay, so get a load of this. I, I unfortunately don't have the context, but Ultima Shadow X shared this clip. It's just under two minutes on Twitter, and the, well, the link will be in the description, right, Hanson? Of yeah. just a bunch of acrobats performing in front of the Pope. <laughs> and but it's all to s people playing Megalovania from Undertale. Shut up. Mm -hmm. And it's like it's the weirdest thing because it's like the Pope and his friends. It's like three of them are like spaced out on stage. His friends. And then there's just like to the left, it's just a bunch of acrobats like almost waiting in line to try and like entertain him. Mm -hmm. And then they just sort of come up and they leave and they go. There's like a juggler. And it and it and then it's just it's all to Undertale music. That it's is so insane. strange. In like a really big empty room. Yeah, which makes it even worse. Like, and there's no lighting. There's no like stage effects. It's like literally school auditorium level. Weird. Yeah. It is bizarre. And it's just like, do you it's like <laughs> do you like this Pope? Are you enjoying this? <laughs> is this a He's weeping. 
<laughs> Leo, day to day, do you think you're happier than the Pope? Day to day. Day to day. Now keep day in mind day. that he's infallible. Right. Make make sure you know that. But not unhappyable. His uh I think his religion gives him more day to day comfort than I have. You think? Okay. I think. There it is. There it is, everybody. Take it to the bank. Uh, hey, get a load of this. Um, I was listening to this 8-4 play podcast, um, the latest episode, which makes Sarah <laughs> laugh and wince. I'm not sure what that emotion was. Uh, her Elmer Mater? El- Elma, Elmer Futter? Elma Al- Mater? <laughs> uh, anyways, they were talking about uh, Final Fantasy V, and I didn't know this tidbit, that apparently, originally, the U.S. name for Final Fantasy V was going to be Final Fantasy Extreme. Like, that's how it was marketed right up until the point where it actually shipped. Because it's like, oh, it's all, it's more strategic than any other Final Fantasy game with all these jobs and all these classes and all that stuff. So they're like, we got to just lean into it and call it the extreme version of Final Fantasy. But it's always a fun thing to look back on that that could have been Final Fantasy Extreme in everybody's minds. Uh, Leo, you got one. Get a load of this. It's one of my all-time favorite Reddit posts from the Red Dead Online subreddit. Uh, in that game, when you make your character or edit your character, which is pricey to re-edit your character, at the end, you uh, see your character standing there in kind of their mugshot uh, pose, and you press X, takes their mugshot, that's your character portrait that you see in the menu for the rest of the game. And uh, this person, it's just a beautiful moment of gameplay systems intertwining because it's your real 3D character standing there. This person's guy blinked while their photo was taken. And so now this person has to pay $400, 10 real currency gold bars to change it again if he wants to change that picture. Oh my god. (laughs) First of all, would he? Because it's hilarious. But it's like such a uncommon, (laughs) rare thing to have happened. (laughs) It's a very funny image. Uh, here's one from the community, uh, Barf Taylor, uh, in the MinMax Discord, where they have a whole channel all about sharing get loads of this. Um, they tweeted this story, or shared this tweet from a story, uh, about a farmer in Turkey has fitted his cows with virtual reality goggles to make them think that they are outside in summer pastures during the winter. Uh, the farmer found the pleasant scenes make the cows happier and produce more milk. And then the tweet says the future is metaverse. More like Moodiverse, am I right, Leo? No. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, so if you wanted to see a bunch of cows with VR goggles, there's no way that works, right? <laughs> I like to think that that wouldn't work on me. Like, you couldn't trick me into being happier by putting me in VR. But I went to Outset Island from Wind Waker in VR. What? As, like, exploring environments. And Ooh. that made me really happy. Ooh. Yeah. That made that me really nice. happy. So I think it would work, actually. The magic of VR, I can say I went there, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you could, yeah, it was beautiful. I like, I teared up a little bit. I was like, oh, wow. this is how I imagined it. The music in the background. You guys, mm-hmm. Can you share with me how to do this? Because like, I, the thing I love about RE4 VR is like being in VR in a familiar setting. Like, oh, I know mm. this place. I would love to do that in like a Zelda game. So yeah, it was a Steam VR home. All right, Kyle, Steam it. only. Yeah, I can, I can handle that. I got that covered. Mm. I mean, I'll text Leo and complain that it's not working, but I'll get it working eventually. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, There's it's also just like the an Steam Ocarina workshop. of Time. Okay. They have a few I'll Ocarina of Time environments too that I went Ooh. to with the okay. music, and you can literally like interact with the environment a little bit. Like, I opened a chest, picked up a rupee, oh. chucked it. You Sounds know, great. that's cool. It's VR things. Speaking of, I VR- worry about those VR cows though bumping into each other and stuff. I yeah, worry about eye strain. That's- 
Well, I was my just, eyes get super dry. I didn't click right. there and look at the image, but I just did now because I was thinking like, well, wait a minute. How does that work? Because what herbivores have their eyes on the sides that can look out for predators. So how does that work with one VR, VR each side? That is what it is. That is literally what it no! is. They have two VR things, but I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. That must just be how like a nightmare. How much money do they have? Do you really need the amount of milk that they are not producing in winter? Is that such a loss Apparently, that you are just going like to cow's happiness, Sarah? It's not yeah. about the milk. Once you do it for one cow, you make so much money from that extra milk that you can afford uh, valve indexes, two of them for mm -hmm. every cow head. For each I think. Cow. Yeah, it's like the cow just the has like fly though, vision. Is, could you just put like a sleep mask on the cow and it'd be the same effect? Like, did they just could like you? being in kind of an enclosed space that just makes them more comfortable? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Could you just build a biome, like a biodome. Right. Where it's right. always like a good temperature at that point. Because then the cows just can see each other. Wallpaper that looks like summer. <laughs> yeah. Paint just, the sun on the wall. <laughs> just make the cow think it's at a beach. Because if a cow goes on a beach, it's just milk a palooza. It's absurd. Put some sunglasses on it. <laughs> oh my God, is it too much to ask? Uh, did we get to all of them? Sarah, did you share, did you share yours? I totally did. No, I didn't share mine. Um, mine is get a load of this. You can now cosplay as everyone's favorite Attack on Titan character. Levi Ackerman in Call of Duty. Oh boy. You can walk around. And the thing is, you're like, that sounds really cool. And then I looked at the character and he looks like a washed up J-pop idol. <laughs> uh, he looks like an ex-Johnny's member. Like he has like the Levi hair, but with like, you know, like maybe not the golden years that Levi Ackerman still yeah. has to give. So, But it looks really cool. The I guns are cool. The swords are cool. I had a very similar reaction, Sarah. I was like, oh, Attack on... Because I'm really excited for the final season and stuff like that. And I was like, ooh, Attack on Titan and Call of Duty. And I was like, ooh, yeah, Fortnite does this a lot better when they put mm -hmm. anime characters in the game. <laughs> that is exactly what I was going to say. Fortnite somehow manages to make all the crossovers fit, all the ones that I've seen. Yeah. Well, because they don't, like, compromise, yeah, I mean, right? Like, it literally looks like Naruto. They just took yeah. him and put him in the world. Like, they didn't yeah. change him to, fit, like, to fit, like, match their design. Weird. In Call of Duty, it looks like he bought like a uh, an Attack on Titan jacket or something. Mm -hmm. It <laughs> looks like he store. had a midlife crisis at the age <laughs> yeah. of like 50 and then bought this Levi Ackerman cosplay. Uh, hey, that's it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for watching or listening. And if you watched it, Thank you. You can always subscribe to the podcast version if you're listening to it and you say, what do these weirdos look like? There's probably people listening that don't know what we look like. You can check it out on YouTube. Yeah. First reactions to our In looks. fact, if you're watching, here's an exclusive visual for you. That's right. Holy God. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening. Um, let's see. We have what we mentioned earlier. If you're a Patreon supporter at the $5 tier, you get access to the podcast feed, which is all of our interviews, all the deepest dives, all the fun stuff. Uh, and on Friday, it'll have Leo, or not Leo and I, I wouldn't dream of that. Kyle and I running down our top 10 favorite films of 2021. Spoiler alert, we talk about Matrix Resurrections quite a bit in that episode. So if, you're, if you've been hankering for max spoilers for Matrix Resurrections, it is within that big discussion there. And there are timestamps for spoilers, all that fun stuff. Um, also, heads up that uh, MinMax Plays, our streaming series, all that fun stuff. Sarah was streaming uh, earlier this week. She streamed The Gunk yeah. uh, mm -hmm. on Twitch. You can follow MinMax Show on Twitch. Um, I'll be streaming God of War on PC on Thursday. So if you're listening to this early, you catch it early, give us a follow on Twitch uh, and you can jump in and I'll be playing the beginning of God of War on PC. It's be fun to go back and revisit that thing. Also, we have an interview uh, live on our YouTube channel and also in that Patreon exclusive podcast feed with Aaron Lindy, who was the, uh, what is it? Lead? 
lead narrative designer for Halo Infinite was his title. Largely responsible for writing the insults and the barks and all of the writing in the sandbox. Less like the beat-to-beat lore story main plot, but everything else, like the grunt dialogue that everybody was so gaga over and stuff like that. So we have a new interview with him talking about writing Halo Infinite, which, you know, it's not doing gangbusters numbers right now, but there's a part of me that's like, hey, no one's really talked about working on Halo Infinite after it launched, and he did it because he left 343 and he's moving on to new places. So check out that interview. Hope you all enjoy it. If you enjoy Halo Infinite, there should be some tidbits in there for you. Um, You can also check out the bonus podcast that was New Show Plus this week. People voted for it, and it was Jeff and Sarah and Leo uh, rambling for a very long time. It's also available in the Patreon-exclusive podcast feed um, and on YouTube as well. Um, Leo, Chris Farley made fun of your mom? Yeah. What? I feel like you glossed past this too soon. She like went to the same school? I Or maybe just schools in the same area, but yeah, like a college party. And she remembered like that jerk Chris Farley made fun of me. Yeah. And then he got popular and she always resented him. <laughs> I don't know if she held a grudge about it or if it was more of just a fun fact type of thing, but. That is so weird. Like who would, I mean, was she close with him in any way? Who would remember the name of that? Or she just remembered the look of him. Yeah, he's kind of a recognizable character. <laughs> I guess it was just like, it's such a weird thing. It's like somebody was just a dick at a party and then five years later you see him on SNL. Like, what? Come on. But that's <laughs> your I mom's like life. I would remember. I would remember. If somebody like insulted me to my face, I don't forget. I yeah. Don't yeah. Forget. <laughs> yeah. She also dated Tom Arnold, so she just kind of... Shut up. Stop the podcast. Shut up. What? <laughs> What I is didn't your know this. This is like, yeah, I, this is like my favorite Leo fact. I love this. What? Get a load of this, everybody. What are you talking about? That's crazy. What is your mom's life? I don't know. Star studded. Was it Chicago? No. Where was she living? Around here. Dude, Tom Arnold got his start in Minneapolis, man. Really? He used to perform at Acme all the time. Yeah, he had a bit where he would have a goldfish that he would bring on stage and they kept dying because they would he would keep them in his trunk and they would freeze to death. You don't know this about Tom Arnold? I do not know that about Tom Arnold. <laughs> really actually my mom was poisoning them. <laughs> Interesting. That is fascinating. Does um does she keep up with his career? Is she able to follow what he's talking about when he's talking about the secret Trump tapes and all that nonsense? <laughs> they don't keep in touch. No. But I know but she was dating him like last before she dated my dad. You know? Oh, wow. Like, if they hadn't broken up, I could be even cooler. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely wild. Yeah, so check out the bonus podcast. It's it's full of fun facts like that uh, on our YouTube channel and the Patreon. Leo podcast. Arnold, not as cool a Star Wars it, reference. Yeah, it's not Leo as much Vader. fun. Right. Um, also, uh, less a plug, but just a heads up for people that uh, we had a monthly show called Better Quest where we all shared our personal goals and the community would share their personal goals for each and every month. And then we hold each other accountable in the discord channel. There's a spreadsheet where you can submit your goal every month and then just jump in there and say, Hey, I'm trying to lose 10 pounds. And if I blast it out here, I'll be held accountable and I'll be lightly shamed if I don't hit it. That's not true. They're very nice in there and very sweet and supportive. But if you're looking for a nice supportive community, you can head in that discord. So we had that show with Jeff Cork. Just a heads up, we are ending that show. We're sunsetting Better Quest. But the goal is, speaking of goals, to kind of roll it into the MinMax show proper. So if you're listening to this and you submit a question or comment over on Patreon every week, you're also more than welcome. We would highly encourage you to submit a goal for yourself for the month. Just It could be anything under the sun. For example, I learned 
you know, the alphabet and sign language for the last episode of Better Quest, or I learned to read katakana, Sarah. Uh, so any goal like that, it could be anything under the sun, just set a little goal for yourself and write in about it, and we'll share it on this show, and also you can update us along the way. It'd be fun to have more people sharing their goals and kind of lean into that whole getting better aspect. Um, and Leo, you said, give me the floor, give me the spotlight, because boy, do I got a goal for you. Uh, I have always wanted to be better at making music than I am. And I've really let it fall by the wayside the past few years. Like I used to be noodling a lot more, riffing a lot more on keyboards and stuff. And I think my goal within a month, I think would be to make a little song that I like. Genuinely like, not one of your parody hits. (laughs) Right. More accurately, not one I get tired of immediately and hate and then swear off making music for another month. Yeah, because you can you have a big musical background, right? Yeah, I used to play drums and keyboard in a band and sing a little bit. Are you going to sing on this song? What? Are you going to sing? I don't feel like I'm going to sing. No, but maybe month two. Okay, so I mean, do you want to set a limit, like, or a timer? So a month from now, you will air this song that you're sincerely proud of at the end of the Min Max show. That seems like the fun of Better Quest to me is to set that goal, even though I'm scared of it. Hell yeah! So you're doing it. Let's do it. Hell yeah. Lock it in. That's awesome. Uh, Sarah could not have shook her head harder at the notion of playing a song on air a like that. A deadline? <laughs> my for my God. goals? Never. Did you, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Me. Did you accomplish your goal when you were on Better Quest about uh, the keyboards? I feel like you yeah, did, Yeah, I made right? my keyboards. Yeah. Yeah, you hit that yeah, deadline. Yeah, but that took a few months. Okay. And, right. the, and the nice thing is I was self-motivated and not in fear of a deadline. Right, right. Well, anyway, we get it done. Um, anybody else have something they want to plug? My new nope. video will be up very soon. YouTube.com slash Leo Vader. Oh. oh, nice. What's it about? Cereal. Cereal mascots. Ooh, that already sounds fun. Check it out, everybody. Also, just a heads up that the next episode of Trivia Tower, our video game trivia competition show, is happening on Tuesday, uh, the 18th at 6.30 p.m. Central. We're going to be joined by Ryan McCaffrey from IGN. Should be a fun time. So if you want to prove that you know a thing or two about video games and win a bunch of game codes and an Astro A40 headset, you can support us on Patreon at the $2 tier. $2 for one month. That's it. You get access to the Discord, and that's where the competition happens. So we hope to see you there. It's a nice way to support us, and you can win stuff. And thank you to everybody who supports us at the $50 tier on Patreon. The big thank you crew. You know their names, or you will after this. Ted Ryan. DivergeCoffee.com, Fixture Gaming's Fixture S1, I am 8-Bit, Zachary Pliggy, Ludwig Roque, Andrew Ukerwitz, Drew Waranis, Andrew Valla, Beaten O'Brien, PrettyGoodPrinting.com, John Higby, The Lord of the Rings Card Game, Mr. Nomer, Jawar Hello, Ron with two N's, Steve Bamdad, Clemens Zobel, Purebred Number 6, Starkiller, Spider Dan, Pritham Yarlagata, General Nadine 99, and Chris. Thank you so much, everybody. And as Jeff and Leo said that I say in the bonus podcast, live long game lots, prosper, and game out. Game out.